0: d
1: hey what's up guys welcome to the show dummy room episode 137 I'm your host Nate this week I'll be joined by Eric Gentry from the adorkables we're gonna be talking about all uh, but first up playing behind me creeps live at punk rock reduno 2019 Uh, you can go to the uh, punk rock reduno bandcamp page and uh, it's all up there, man. you got to check it out. It's a great live record. It, it's one of those records where you you just hear it and you're like, damn, I, I wish I would have been there. Um, plus, the dude from The Creeps just got this... Uh, he's got a great voice. Kind of gives me chills sometimes. Check it out. And uh, I think there's there's some announcements coming from Reduno very soon. You guys are going to want to check out. Um, but yeah, head on over there. Check it out. Also, wanted to mention um, this Lookout Zoom Out thing. If you haven't seen this... Um, It looks like it's going to be a monthly series it's hosted by grant lawrence from the smugglers and um the first one's coming up january 31st um go to go to the group and you'll see a link for it um i don't know exactly what they're doing but it involves uh lisa marr dr frank joe queer uh john from pansy division and and raf classic from uh from the crumbs so i'm really looking forward to seeing him on there um yeah, so, I, I, like I said, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they're just talking or if they're playing, but um, uh, it, it should be cool. It's, it's going to be a monthly series, and it's going to be all Lookout dudes. So, basically, just a, just a bunch of legends getting together every month and uh, hanging out, talking, playing, whatever it's going to be. I'm going to check it out. So, uh, what else? What else? What else? Reduno, Zoom out. I think that's it. So, let's get to this week's show. I got uh, Eric Gentry. Uh, we recorded this about... Mm, Week two weeks ago, and I've just been really busy/slash lazy about getting it out. But, um, yeah, we decided to talk about all. We're ranking the all album, something I've wanted to do for a while. He's a huge fan, as you'll see, and um, super nice guy, super busy. And um, I'm glad we can make it happen. Uh, so let's get into it. Here we go, Eric Gentry.
0: Coming up next, we got a guest, we got a guest coming up next
1: coming up next we got a guest we got a guest coming up next what's up dude hey how's it going thanks for having me first of all i got to say um you recently had another kid and yes. when we started chatting i was like god it seemed like you just had a kid like <laughs> last year and now you have another one i was all confused but you did the Brady bunch thing you have 6 kids now
2: yeah yeah i actually had to take time out from impregnating my wife to be on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I could make time for you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We don't want to hold up number seven, so we no, make it no. quick, I guess. But no, that's <laughs> congratulations, dude. That's, I, I don't know. I mean, I have three kids and I can't even imagine like any more. What, yeah. what you have to do on a daily basis, I yeah. I don't know. I'd go
2: nuts. Three kids is a lot of kids. Somebody said uh, the other day, they're like, oh, I went out when I took the baby out for the first time. Um, I had to go out and I only took uh, three of the kids with me. And I got there and they said, oh, how many kids did you bring? And I said, oh, I only brought three. And they said, oh, that's half of them. I was like, fuck, that's a lot of kids. How did I get six kids? It just happens. (laughs) Like (laughs) I see people with three or four kids and I think that's a lot of kids. And then I have to stop and think, oh, my God, I have more kids than that. How is that even possible?
1: (laughs) So do you have a mix of
2: girls and boys? We have all boys and one girl. Oh my and she's god. She's the second youngest. So, yeah, she's Oh man. Adored by all of her brothers.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, but she's yeah, that's going to suck though when she gets older cuz they're probably going to be a little too protective over, you know.
2: I don't know. Yeah, they I don't know. They're snuggling with her and watching TV and it's just so cute right now. They're I uh, just they're great. It's fun to be here. That's the best part of the pandemic is that I get to be home and actually be with my family and watch them every day and be a part of their life. You know, I wouldn't do that if I was at work, so it's nice to be home.
1: Yeah, you you you're, you get to, like, see them grow up a little bit. And For sure. So, how how old are your kids? Like, what's the oldest?
2: He just turned 11 in October. That's Milo.
1: Um, I have a 13, 11, and a 4-year-old, oh, okay. and... Man, it's like they used to get along so well, and now my my two older ones are like constantly at each other. You know, oh, I man. think the, the you know the the pandemic is, <laughs> you know, it's really, you know, because oh, they're yeah. constantly home. You know, so cabin fever they, for sure. Yeah, and and of course, um, Miles, my four year old, he is like, he's totally cool with everything, and they they adore him. You know, but yeah, when they're together, it's like ah, oh, constantly going at it. You know, sometimes it's funny, but. Yeah. So yeah. I can't imagine six kids, dude. That's incredible. Oh, there's incredible. a
2: constant back background roar going on. You know, it's never quiet. Even if they're doing something, you know, that they're concentrating on, somebody's making noise.
1: <laughs> well, like I said, congratulations. Um, dude, I got this, this, this new band popped up this week, and I had never heard of them before. They're called the Lockdowns. Nice. And uh, dude hit me up on Messenger. Um, he posted some shit on Facebook, and this fucking band is great. I, I was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised, shocked actually. And uh, <laughs> let's check it out. <laughs> I got a feeling these guys are going to make a little bit of a wave this year. So,
2: yeah. Hey, I got something new for you that we haven't heard yet. It's something that hasn't been released even.
1: Okay. I think I know where you're going with this. Is this the the thing you shared with me?
2: Yes, it is. The thing I sent to you a week or so ago. It's um, Adam, the drummer from the Adorkables. He has a new solo band that he's doing. It's called Remembers. And they're on Bandcamp and he has a solo album that he just finished that is going to be coming out on January 12th. And it's awesome.
1: Um, You sent it to me and I was uh, kind of shocked.
2: Yeah, I've heard these songs like, you know, changing and growing and morphing and for a few years now, and he finally got around to actually recording them. He actually has another full album already written that he just hasn't recorded yet. Really? That's been. Yeah. And uh, so this this album is just it's a hit. <laughs> yeah. How would you describe this?
1: I mean, this isn't exactly in the that's bubble a good kind question.
2: It kind of has moments where it is like there's a song, the second song on it, No Dummy which is more definitely like pop punk straightforward pop punk. The rest of it is similar, but it's I would say a little bit slower maybe. Yeah. And but it still has the same feel and it's really well done. Really well done.
1: Yeah, um I was I was listening to it and it's not what I expected at all. I expected straight up like punk rock no. pop punk, you know, and I was like, "Oh, yeah. this is this is something like kind of kind of reminds me of like Superdrag.
2: Okay. I don't know if I've never heard them.
1: Um, oh, okay. Well, it sounds like super drag or like early figs. That's kind of what I thought really? at first. But then yeah, at moments you hear that, and I hear some Elvis Costello and and some punk rock stuff in there. But yeah, it's it's pretty good, man.
2: Yeah, I was really impressed. It's not what I was expecting either. I I didn't know what to expect. You know, I've heard, like I said, some of these songs for years, different demo versions of them that he's sent me and stuff, and it's cool to listen to what he finally landed on, you know, the finalized version of the song and this surprises on here that I just floored me. Like I had no idea that secret messages, there's a song called secret messages, which is the actual title of the, uh, the album that he's settled on for now, at least, <laughs> but it, uh, it's called secret messages and that song just, it hit me so hard. And, you know, I know this guy I've known him for wow (laughs) since he was probably what 15 14 15 16 something like that when he was in the bluffingtons and i went to see them play for the first time and uh it's amazing that i know somebody that can write a song that's that good you know and it it's so sweet and the lyrics are so good and it's really well done
1: I, I thought it was cool. Like, I like, I get some bands that send me stuff and I'm usually, eh, you know, it's hit or miss, you know? And um yeah. I, this is something that you just kind of threw at me and I was like, I honestly, I wasn't expecting much. <laughs> like, oh, what is this, you know? And it was <laughs> like, not exactly like something I would probably normally listen to, you know? But when I right. heard it, I'm like, this is really fucking good. Like, this guy, yeah, he knows what he's doing. He can write a great song, and um, that's exactly
2: what I was gonna say. He knows what he's doing, <laughs> uh,
1: you know. And at first, I kind of thought because I think the song that you sent me first or or told me about was "No Dummy," and I thought, okay, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like "Dummy Room," "No Dummy," I get it, you know, right? You know, maybe that I I had no idea. I, I kind of thought I hope this no. isn't about the fucking show, <laughs> like like that'd be that would be <laughs> awkward, you know. And then I was like, this is a good fucking song. <laughs> and then yeah as i listen to it yeah what's what's going on with it is he is it coming out or
2: well he's just as far as i know he's releasing it on Bandcamp exclusively on the 12th and uh he's i don't know it's it's there for now
1: okay so by the time this episode's out it'll be out and everybody can well yeah it should be out um check it out um we can we can play a song
2: right yeah, if you want to play a song, uh, which one would you like to play? I, there's one on there that I do backing vocals on, but it's not one of my <laughs> top picks that I would like to play on the show. I mean, I like the song plenty. Well, you pick. But you pick. It's, ooh, boy. I think
1: I think um, No Dummy maybe. is is kind of the obvious one, but it doesn't have
2: to. Be. I think so too. I think that would. Be- you know what? I think that's a really good one for especially for this audience. That <laughs> everybody's going to hear that and be like, "Oh, fuck, okay." and then understand what the rest of it's gonna sound like, even if the rest of it might sound just a tad different, yeah. it's not so different that you're not gonna recognize it by any means. Yeah. It's, it's all really good.
0: Well, it freaks me out when you move my mouth and all I hear are your words coming out. Can't relax with your hand up my back. No, oh, I'm no dummy. But I don't wanna kiss, no one likes the ventriloquist. You can't see, I wanna be free. Shoved in a box when you're done with me. Whoa, let me go. But my cries and mouth were drowned out by the laughter. Why?
1: Hopefully people check it out i mean it's good stuff remembers
2: yeah yeah i was really impressed with it that's why i sent it to you i uh i was just a fan of it and i was like oh god you know who would like this i think nate would like this yeah so yeah i'm just sent it because i'm a cheerleader if i hear something that i like i'm gonna tell people about it like the windowsill or, Dude, the, or remembers yeah
1: i i'm the same way with shit i'm like once i hear something i'm like oh well, Craig's going to love this. So I pass it on to Craig or something. You know what I mean? It's like, I can't, yeah. it's hard for me to, I don't want to keep that shit to Yeah, myself, I can't so. sit on it. If it's great, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then
2: I want other people to appreciate it too. It's just, yeah, I was a, just a fan, <laughs> you know? Just yeah. a, hey, my friend did this, check this out. I'm amazed that this is my friend that I know that made this music.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's cool, man. Well, well I, 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 I forgot about it. So I'm glad you brought it up, dude. <laughs> yeah, no problem. All right, man, so let's, you want to talk about the Adorkables a little bit? Sure, we can do that. Okay, so let me tell you, my story with the Adorkables is somehow back in, I don't even okay, good. know what I'm, year I'm really
2: excited to hear this. I, <laughs> I don't know anybody's, you know, story with the band, so I want to hear, you know, what, what you were thinking. Well, I don't, it was probably, you know,
1: mid-2000s, I suppose. Somehow I end up with um, that CDR, the first CDR, Brokenhearted.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah.
1: And I still have that thing. I pulled it out mm, maybe a few months ago,
2: uh-huh.
1: and I keep all that. I keep all that stuff, you know, like demos and like CDRs. And I usually don't. Um, I, I don't try to keep them out, you know, because I, I like to preserve that stuff. Right. You know, unless it's really, really good and I'll try to do something with it. So I, but, but whatever. But I pulled that out and I was like, God, this stuff is so good. And of course, you know, I've had, I've, I have the, the seven inch and the, and the CD that came after that and stuff. But, um, so I don't know how I ended up with that. And I was thinking the other day that maybe you had sent that to me. I don't know if that was ever a demo. It was, I, you know what? Did you shop
2: that? I, not really. I, that was a really, kind of quick thing that happened I had uh, decided in like late 2004 that I wanted to start a band because I was sick and tired of waiting for somebody to ask me to join a band you know there's nobody around here that I even knew so I figured it'd probably be easier if I just started my own band and uh, I'd been listening to stuff and I you know I figured I could probably write a better song than this you know so I tried and (laughs) that's what came out and uh, that was recorded in the guy's bedroom in Santa Cruz. and uh, it was recorded quickly because our guitar player Bill and uh, drummer Tommy had just told me that they were going to leave the band. So we'd just gotten you know up and running basically where we were playing all the songs and had everything going kind of smoothly so, it was a big jolt to me to, you know, suddenly be losing these musicians that I just taught these songs to, you know, trying to learn how to play them. And I was trying to, you know, learn how to play and sing at the same time. I'd never sang anything before. And uh, so, yeah, they uh, they said they were leaving. So I was like, well, okay, can you wait a little while? Can we record, you know, go record this? <laughs> and then I can have that to give to other people so they'll know the songs. <laughs> so that was what happened there. And that was, uh, I think I... I made all of those myself. I went down to Kinko's and, you know, photocopied the cover and cut them all out, did all that. I actually stole the uh, jewel cases from other CDs that I already had. (laughs) I took all the artwork and things out of those, repackaged them with my artwork and, uh, you know, burned all the CDs on our old computer and made the labels and everything. And uh, I think I made around 150 of them or so. And I sold them on eBay. And they, they sold. I was surprised. That was, you know, back... When the internet wasn't so great with music, like you couldn't just you know click something and download a band's discography, basically, this was you know back when there were wave files and that kind of thing, where you could only listen to clips of songs, from what I remember. But yeah, so it was uh, that was kind of a shot in the dark, where I just hoped that you know we would get something that sounded good enough to be able to give to other musicians to learn to play the songs, basically. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, it's it's still it's it's a it's a cool little thing, but um I was just trying to remember like how the hell I got it. I was yeah. thinking like MySpace days maybe. It was then- it
2: was around that time. It was for sure MySpace like I know we were uh we had a MySpace following and then yeah, we I I actually printed there's two different versions of that CD. Most <laughs> I don't think anybody else knows. There's uh one with 8 tracks and there's one with 7 tracks. Which one did you get?
1: Oh jeez. Uh-huh. I think I
2: think I think it's seven. Aha! Yeah, you're missing the last song. The last song's a, it's, it's called the Adorkability Factor. <laughs> it kind of explains how the name came about.
1: Yeah, I know that's the one on 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 Bandcamp that has that on yeah, there. Yeah, it doesn't. Rem- I'd have to look at it again. It's not it's not in front of me.
2: Yeah. Well, I just actually just listened to it for the first time in years, like uh, a few days ago. Preparing for this, and I, I was embarrassed. But it's some of the songs I was like, <laughs> I I don't even remember this song. You know, I don't remember writing. The, I don't. I kind of know how what's coming next, but I don't remember the lyrics or anything to it. So that was interesting. So how did you get into like
1: um, this shit, <laughs> punk rock, and and you know, pop
2: punk? Um, probably not like anybody else that's listening to it. <laughs> I. Uh, I was in, let's see. Yeah. Starting, a well, I started playing guitar about eighth grade, but from, uh, you know, my high school years until after that, I was actually in a black metal band for six years. Wow. And, yeah. Was doing that. And we got, uh, got, got kind of popular and we, we were actually really good. I'm you know confident in saying that, not just from an ego standpoint, but we could play our instruments really well <laughs> and play our songs really well, you know? And, uh, we never really got to go any place with that. We made a demo in, I think we were like 19 around that age. And I still have that. But you know, we, um, once I left the band, they actually put out a, a CD on, uh, I think it was Satan's Millennium Records from like some place <laughs> okay. over, you know, no like overseas. I know exactly. But uh, and I wasn't credited on the CD. Even though I'm playing on it, I'm not credited on the CD. But I played bass there. And I started out playing guitar in eighth grade. And I figured that um, I wasn't good enough at guitar. So bass had fewer strings. That was easier. So I got better at that. (laughs) Okay. But so I did that. And so I was in the black metal and all into that until about 10th grade. And then I was going to this music store in Salinas called Music Zone. And it was like the independent music store, you know? And they had a huge punk section and, you know, right next to the black metal area. And I wasn't, you know, super like, I wasn't like, you know, painting my face or, you know, wearing you know, (laughs) spikes or anything. I wasn't that guy. Um, but I was in there looking at music, you know, and there's, you know, looking just through the album covers just to see things, you know, and I kept seeing this, uh, cartoon of a guy and he was named Milo. And I, well, that's interesting. So then, you know, at school, I was uh, talking to people and there's this one guy at school who uh, <laughs> he liked that band. So he was telling me about him, you know, and he gave me CDs and tapes to listen to. And uh, one of the tapes that he gave me was an, it actually uh, it was a, you know, one of the clear cassette tapes like we used to have
0: and oh, yeah.
2: on the label on CDKs. one side. Yeah, exactly. On the label on one side, <laughs> big, fat, black Sharpie. It said all, and you turn the tape over and on the other side on the label, big fat black Sharpie, no all. <laughs> <laughs> so he had made this all compilation, uh, tape that he was you know, driving around with in his car. So he, you know, I told him, you know, I like the descendants and he's like, Oh, check this out. So he gave that to me and you know, I played the shit out of that thing. I'm surprised it still worked. It was in my car when I was driving my mom around, you know, learning to drive, it's all there. You just playing constantly <laughs> in the background, the soundtrack. So that's, uh, that's how I got into all and punk. Basically that guy's name is Adam Nye. And I actually called him a couple of weeks ago cause I heard him on a podcast. He was in a band, local band called, well, not local band. They're actually worldwide called Craig's brother. And he, uh, had a band called too bad Eugene also, which they're gonna be starting up this year doing more stuff. So I heard him on a podcast and he was talking about too bad or not too bad, but about Craig's brother's um, debut album, Homecoming and about the recording of that. And that album was such a huge influence on me. And you know, that's where I learned three part harmonies and how to, you know, what I liked about music and to know somebody who was in that band was, you know, amazing to me. And I went to high school with him, you know, and just to see somebody that I knew stepping out and doing something like that, it always felt like he was one or two steps ahead of me musically. And I always kind of looked at him like kind of an adversarial role because he was into punk and I was in the metal. And, you know, I would call him Adam Nye, the punk rock guy. And uh, he, you know, made fun of me like, you know, Cookie Monster type vocals and stuff. (laughs) We had a, <laughs> we were in guitar class together, the, and uh, I took guitar class because they were going to teach me how to play bass. And then he only had uh, me sign up to play bass, so he, I ended up learning classical guitar instead. <laughs> but uh, he uh, he was making fun of the Kookie Monster vocals, and there was a song that he <laughs> he wrote uh, just jokingly. It was called "I'm Not Happy," "I'm Not Happy," "I'm Not Sad," or "I Am Sad," and just you know making fun of me. But whatever. <laughs> so we were in guitar class, and we had a recording project, and we did a few songs, uh, just like he brought in songs that were complete to teach to you know whoever was in his uh, group and guitar class, and I was in his group. So you know he had one song, and then we were learning that, and then he came in the next day and he's like, ah, "I don't like that song anymore. Let's do this one instead." And he had a whole other song already written, you know, just what that what happened? <laughs> Where did that come from? So that was impressive to me, just the, the songwriting, yeah. you know, happening that quickly and close to me. It was just impressive. I didn't didn't know that could happen. That's cool.
1: Yeah. So the adorkables start like, oh you guys like you guys ended up on Insubordination Records. And I'm kinda of wondering, like, cause you're on the other side of the country and <laughs> you know, how how did that all happen? Because that's a cool label.
2: Yeah, it was. It was a very cool label. I was very excited to be on there. It's um that was just we recorded the album, and, you know, I paid out of my pocket to record the album, and I thought that was going to be the way to do it, you know, and then shop it around and see, you know, what bites we got. But we had the album, you know, so I shopped it around. You recorded that at the Blasting Room, right? Yeah, we recorded it at the Blasting Room. We actually... <laughs> How cool is that? Yeah, that was uh, that was neat, for sure. That was a big deal for me. It still is. It's some of the the coolest memories they they have thinking back on that and all the, all the people that I've met and just how my life has changed, you know, because of music in general. And that's part of the reason that I called Adam last week just to tell him, thank you. You know, I wouldn't have this life if you hadn't stepped in and, you know, brightened up my gloomy music. (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's weird to think of all the things that would be different, you know my I might not have met my wife there's I wouldn't have a group of friends that I have. I wouldn't be on this podcast, you know there's a lot of things,
1: yeah, I think that album is it's really good um if anyone who if you haven't heard it check it out it's called she loves me not it's a great album the coolest one of the coolest covers too, man oh, the noose shaped as a heart,
2: yeah like yeah, that oh, was you a- see
1: that and it's like I know what this record's going to be about. I'm going to like this record. <laughs>
2: I think there was one review that somebody wrote. Uh, I, I don't remember what it was word for word, but it was something like, um, I don't know what kind of heartache Eric just went through, but this album definitely <laughs> shows that something happened. And yeah, <laughs> I did. It's called Divorce. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you get divorced and you get an album out of it. That's what I've learned. So I'm not planning on having another album if that's what it takes.
1: So how did Insubordination, I guess, let's get back to that, happen.
2: Yeah, I just, I was sending out uh, the CD, you know, I was talking to labels and Insubordination was really hyped on it. And, you know, I was talking to Chris Thacker over there and he was my guy and got behind it. He wanted to do it. It's and and then suddenly it was moving forward and we actually recorded it in uh, October of 2007. And it didn't come out on Insub until February, or no, I'm sorry, March 23rd of 2009. So we had it for almost two years, or a year and a half, just burning a hole in my pocket. You know, it's like, I want to put this out, but I want it to be the right way.
1: I, I remember when it came out because I was like, oh yeah, the Adorkables, that that CDR. You know, it was like holy shit. And then of course some of the songs are 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 from the CDR are on yeah. this album. And um, they, it sounds fucking great, of course. You know yeah. the production's, you know, stellar. But um, it's it's one of those albums that I think kind of, um, it kind of fell to the roadside, maybe because it didn't come out on vinyl. Yeah. Um,
2: well, there was a big deal, if you remember, around that time, right when the album came out, the uh, largest music distributor, Lumberjack, and I think it was Modem or Mortem, they went Mortem, bankrupt. Yeah. And they took all of our pre-sales and all of our, you know, first three months or whatever of sales of the album. So we didn't get any credit for any of that. All that got, you know, all that got trashed. So that, yeah, that didn't didn't help Sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Everything kind of fell to the wayside after that. And it was like, well, okay.
1: That sucks. But no, this album, I, I feel like it's one of those, those hidden treasures, you know, like if you, people haven't heard it, I mean, if you like, the Lillingtons or Bottle Rocket, you know, I fucking love it. Yeah. I know a lot of people that love this album. Thank I think you. it's just, you know, it's just one of those things that I don't know why. Why do certain bands get bigger and certain bands not? You know. I know. So definitely, a well, I know treasure, a lot of people dude. had
2: a distaste for the name. Yeah, a lot of people didn't like. Yeah, the you name, think so? so I, I know that was part of it. Well, that's all I ever heard. It feels like is people (laughs) saying negative things about the name. I don't know if people gave it a chance just because the name was what it was. And
1: I think the name's pretty clever. Where'd it come from?
2: I thought it was fine. I mean, I still. I mean, it doesn't hurt my feelings that people don't like it. I get it if you don't like it, but I mean, there's music underneath that that is good. (laughs) Um, The uh, the name. I think uh, my ex said something to me. I think it's in that song, The Adorkability Factor that I was talking about earlier, where um, she said something, called me adorkable or something like that. And I'd never heard it before. And I thought it was funny. And I was looking for a band name. So I was like, that's that's perfect. That sounds great. Uh, I was wrong, apparently.
1: <laughs> Dude, I think it's a it's very memorable name. I mean, it's one of those names you hear it and you're like, you know, it sticks in your brain. <laughs> yeah. Years later, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. You know, I mean, yeah. I think it's cool it's clever it's good play on words and i don't know them dude they don't like it
2: yeah if they don't like it i mean that's that's okay everybody can like what they like i I don't like some things too but that's fine
1: week you told me about um your your solo project called mixed feelings
2: yeah yeah I've got that going That's... And, and dude
1: i had never heard of it even though it was on um sounds rad right i fucking heard it and i was like wow this is this is cool shit i couldn't believe it i looked this up on um on uh bandcamp right yeah or you sent me the link whatever it was but yeah. um i looked at it and i'm like i already love this <laughs> Because of the song titles. Yeah. You know, so so this is a five-song EP, and you got Alex Trebek, Full Metal Jacket, Keith Morrison, the news guy, <laughs> and I want to be a Corey in Phantasm, and I thought, most people have themed records, horror theme or, you know what I mean, yeah. like a certain kind of a thing, and you got Game Show, you got <laughs> one of the funniest war movie, you got a newscaster, um... The Corey's and, and in a horror movie, and it's like, there is no theme, and I fucking
2: love it. Oh, well, thank you. That's cool to hear. Yeah. It, that did kind of also fall by the wayside, <laughs> so it never got much hype when it came out. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was mentioned like in a blurb.
1: Yeah, like I said, I had never heard of it. It's it's pretty good, man, but skip everything and just tell, tell the whole Keith Morrison story because oh. I, I still haven't heard it from you. I just heard it through Messenger a little bit.
0: Oh, okay, yeah.
2: I uh, there's a song on there called Keith Morrison, and it's uh, a tribute kind of to Keith Morrison from Dateline, Dateline NBC. You know, the old guy with the white hair with the voice, the voice, the voice <laughs> of murder. Yes. So he uh, he's you know, my favorite guy on Dateline, and I just I thought it was a funny idea if, you know, secretly he was killing people. <laughs> so that's kind of what the song's about. So I, I wrote the song, you know, and recorded it and had it all ready. And I, uh, was going to make a music video for it. I, that was my thought at the time. So I, uh, actually messaged, um, Dateline NBC on, uh, Instagram. And you know, told them that I I was planning on doing this. And I know they, you know, they were doing uh Instagram videos at the time with like this little Keith Morrison cutout thing on a popsicle stick. And so I said, you know, where can I get one of those? I'd like to have one of those where I could make a music video. And they said, uh, you know, I don't know about a music video. Can you send us the song? We'll check the song out, see if we like it. So I sent them the song and she wrote back later and uh She liked the song (laughs) and she said that uh, everybody in the office liked the song and that they were singing it, you know, at work and they would (laughs) pop up from their desks and sing the chorus together. And that was really cool. That's not what I expected to hear back. And that's great. And then uh, because of that, there was a, a message that I received from Keith Morrison in a video where he basically threatened my life. And uh, it was a personal video, you know, to me after he'd listened to the song. So that was special also.
1: <laughs> you think of all these songs that, you know, our favorite bands write, they write about famous people and you never actually hear about, um, you know, whether you always wonder if the, if the person ever hears these songs. And right. usually they don't, right? <laughs> but God, you actually so. like had, took the initiative to like push it on the guy, which is f- fucking awesome. <laughs> you know and, and 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 he makes a video about it it's it's pretty cool yeah How, i mean it's just what a cool guy for doing yeah. that yeah
2: yeah he definitely has a sense of humor about his public you know persona so that's cool it's cool to see that he was a nice guy what?
0: His gig on the show, he sees what they are all doing wrong. And someday his enemies will pay. Keep on.
2: Phantasm is my favorite, probably my favorite movie, if not just horror movie of all time. And, you know, I've seen it so many times and it's, I saw that when I was about 14, probably for the first time. And it really, you know, the, the, uh, the main character in the movie is 14. So it kind of hit close to home, you know, something (laughs) I could relate to. Even though it was filmed in '79, and um, I was looking for cover art for the album, and I was like, "Well, ugh, I don't know, you know, what to do. I'm gonna do something by myself, uh, or you know what? There is this guy that I've seen online that I really liked his artwork, and his name's David Hartman, and he's actually the director of Phantasm Five, so he did the cover art for the Mixed Feelings EP. He drew that, which is really really cool oh yeah because
1: all five songs are kind of incorporated on the television it's exactly it looks great he did a great job
2: yeah i agree i'm really happy with the way it turned out it looks good
1: yeah keith morrison's my favorite song on that on that thing but i gotta say i want to be a Corey, which is really cool um but i gotta (laughs) ask if if you could be one of the corys which one are you gonna be
2: oh man i feel like that's a loaded question because Corey hames passed away
1: (laughs) well it's Assuming like back then though, like we're talking 1988. Who are you gonna
2: be? I don't know. Um, my public perception of them at the time, I probably would have preferred to be Corey Haim, just because he was uh, cute.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was more normal, like Corey Feldman, when like the Dream a Little Dream days and shit, Licensed to Drive. He was he was just kind of a douchebag, you know.
0: Yeah,
2: and I don't know how much of that is acting and how much is actually him, but. His yeah. uh well, yeah, I've seen I actually got to see him live uh performing music at uh the boardwalk <laughs> here in Santa Cruz. He brought his band uh was it the Dream the Angels? No, it was No, it was before that. Dream, I forget what it was uh, something like that. But yeah, I saw him on the stage, so that was pretty cool. And then they showed the Lost Boys on the the beach there at the boardwalk where they filmed part <laughs> of it. So that was neat.
1: That's cool. Yeah, uh, I would I would go with Corey Feldman. I would be Corey really? Feldman, yeah. Yeah, he's he's had a hell of a career, man. Goonies to Friday the 13th. To,
2: yeah, he I really know, was. He, he
1: was in a Meatballs
2: movie. Have you listened to his uh, biography, though? Not good. No, don't want to be Corey
1: no. Feldman. <laughs> no, I haven't. I know his Angels band from whenever he was doing that. Did you know one of the girls? Um, she's in a Screeching Weasel cover band.
2: Whoa, no, I didn't called,
1: know that. Uh, called uh, Screeching Sheasel. Screeching Weasel, it's that's kind perfect. of a mouthful, but yeah, yeah, she's, uh um I don't know her name, but I don't i don't know her, but yeah, she's in a Screeching Weasel cover band. She's in Corey Feldman's band, so. Nice. Nuts. That's cool. <laughs> Claim yeah, fame. I was thinking about that, like, those two, I mean, it was like, that's such a weird combo, you know, the Coreys. and yeah, uh, it came up, I saw the song, and I'm like, oh yeah, this this song's going to be fucking, I love it already.
2: <laughs> nice. Yeah, I thought it was weird. I didn't think about it until after. I had written the song and everything, but uh, my wife's name is actually Corey also, (laughs) (laughs) but she spells it with an I. So that's, it's a little different.
1: So is she a big fan of, of the Corey's then?
2: No, 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 she's not a fan of anything from the eighties basically. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to deal with for me too. (laughs) She likes what she likes and it's hard to get her to like something that she, uh, you know, isn't into. So I can respect that. I feel the same way. Does she
1: like your music?
2: Yeah, she does. She likes, well, I should say, she likes the <laughs> adorkables. <laughs> she doesn't That's care nice. much for mixed feelings or what I'm doing currently. But she also, I was asking her just a little while ago, you know, what's your favorite All song? And she's like, nah, I don't, maybe one of them, but I probably think it's a descendant song. I was like, whoa, okay then, never mind. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what about like, you know, uh, She's My Ex, like you, you don't like that song? And she's like, nah. Yeah, just yeah, doesn't do anything for me. Okay. Really? Yeah, I I had the same sort of reaction. That's I don't <laughs> understand that.
1: <laughs> so I've been trying to figure out like what we're gonna talk about. Like okay. last week, and I was like, God, what could we talk about? And I threw a couple ideas out at you, and somehow you mentioned that you love all, and I'm yes, like, sir. Oh yeah, let's we we got to talk about all.
2: <laughs> I'm ready. Favorite and band well or what? Um, Are they your favorite band? <sighs> One of my all time favorites, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. I think I would say Descendants if somebody had asked me, but that's just because uh, most people don't know who All is and they know who the Descendants (laughs) are. Yeah. You got to say,
1: yeah, Descendants slash All, right?
2: Yeah. It's, yeah, this band All. It's, if you've ever heard of the Descendants, it's them basically with a different singer. So that's the explanation I have to go through every time.
1: Dude, the worst thing about All is like when you try to Google All, when you try to get something to come up, it's such a pain in the ass. I have always thought that, like, too. <laughs> I did a search for all on Spotify, and they don't come up first. They no. come up like 50th.
2: Yeah, no, it's everything, like, like, like All Systems Go and all these other bands that you know have all <laughs> in the title that are not the one that I want.
1: All right, well, let's get right into it, should we? Let's <laughs> let's, let's get it. into all, man. So what we're going to do is we're going to rank the all albums. I don't know about ranking, we're just going to give our, our worst to first. And I've been wanting to do this for a long time because... What a band, you know? Yeah. Great catalog. And oh, yeah. uh, how I get in all was I got into like punk rock and then I got into the descendants. I was into like Fugazi and like Dinosaur Jr. and huh. do and and I got into the descendants and that's when I really fell in love with what I love now. Yeah. Of course, you know. Yeah, and um same here. I, I, I I didn't really know this was pre internet days and I didn't really know um, what All was. But I, I knew that there was something between All and, and Descendants. And um, I was at the record store one night going through like used CDs and I came across um, All Roy Says. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to get this, you know? And I just bought it. And right away I was like, this is uh, this is something special, you know? I loved it. <laughs> yeah. And that was my introduction to All. But that was, at the time, that was probably like 90... Early '90s, like maybe '92 or '93. Oh, so, wow. so it was pretty new. Obviously, it was yeah. Well, it was, it was a little new. That was. Well, like it came out five years old, maybe or something like yeah. that. Immediately, I loved it, and um, and then the next thing I heard was, of course, um, "Breaking Things." I think was the next record I heard. I think that came out new at that time. Night and day between those two records, <laughs> yeah, right. Wise <production-wise, laughs> song, wise you know. So yeah, singer that was yeah. a real yeah 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 that was a real shot in the arm because it was like i was i was in my head at that time i was hearing like i was hearing just perfect and like sex in the way you know those were like the hits on that record yeah and then i remember hearing like you know original me and it's like holy shit you know yeah <laughs> like stepped it up. this is not this is not like what happened like this isn't even the same band you know but um but yeah, so I've been waiting to do this episode for a long time. So I'm, I'm very happy that I found out you were like an all fanatic.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I am <laughs> uh, I was going through this and I compiled it. And what we went off of here is 10 albums. We, have, yes. we included Tony All, which is uh, awesome. And uh, I know it's kind of not canon, you know, biblically or whatever, but it's in there. Mm-hmm. And we included also uh, All Wife for Prez, even though it's an EP. So it's in there too. Eh. But that's a total. uh, What what we're (laughs) gauging, yeah, is 135 songs on these albums. And it's about five and a half hours of music. So that's a remarkable output.
1: (laughs) It's unbelievable that I've had about 15 hours in the last week. Because I've listened to pretty much everything at least three times, except Tony All. I I oh. I don't think I listened to that three times. So, huh? We'll get we'll get to it, man. We'll okay, yeah. It. So I'm, let's I'm just curious. let's let's start with our least favorite. So you go first. What do you got? Least, What's your favorite, least favorite all album.
2: My least favorite all album. After careful consideration. It really, it bothers me to say that any of these are my least favorite because there are favorites on each album. So that it already feels wrong just saying that. But I would say uh, number 10 for me, my least favorite is probably Percolator. And silence has, yeah, it's uh, sorry for those who really like that album. I mean, it does have dot. You got that.
0: My fault. It wasn't up to you. Christmas Eve comes once a year, and that will never do. Your image started fading. I pull my see Tell me, do you close your eyes for me? Now your door seems half a world away. Price of gasoline is more than I can pay. Plus I don't have a car. Spend another night alone That's the way this story goes.
2: That's an amazing song. And that is one of my favorite all songs, but it's not on one of my favorite albums. So, I mean, it's got Breathe, Minute, Nothing. There's a bunch of good songs. But uh, yeah, th- that one uh, is not my favorite.
1: I really wanted you to go first to kind of gauge where we were going to stand <laughs> on this thing. Test the waters. And I was like, yeah, because sometimes you don't know, like the other person. It's like, are we going to be uh, on the same page? And I think we are not even close. So okay, good. That's I love that. Be record, interesting. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so that's I'm shocked. My yeah. oh, my favorite. my friend
2: Adam, the the drummer for the Dorkables, yeah. he said that that was his first all album that he bought. That's I was like, oh, hmm, I don't know if I would have started there. That's <laughs> that's not hmm. my favorite.
1: My the going into this, I I always you know I proclaim that there is a certain all album that is head and shoulders above the rest, and I was wrong. So it Ooh. actually dropped quite a bit. And I was like, I, wow, you know, but
2: I had to go through this very carefully. And I mean, I made list upon list of I like this song more than that song. You know, this album has nine songs that I like and three that I don't. And how do I how do I rank these? It's really hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I carefully considered this and I'm going to go with, uh, yeah, with Percolator as being my number ten.
1: All right. So my least favorite is Tony All.
2: Oh, (laughs) you know i i actually
1: i like it but it's like (laughs) i i hadn't listened to it for a long time and once i put it on i'm like it's just sort of it stalls out after the first couple of songs for me oh and it's like you know it is a little different you know
0: yeah, what's the story is, behind for sure. it was
1: it was tony tony lombardo like was he owed money or something like that so bill just um, like paid him bill owed time? him
2: money yes exactly bill owed him money from what i heard i don't remember where i heard this if it was on an interview or what but uh yeah um bill owed tony money and instead of paying him he offered to be his backing band for an album and record the album so that's how that came up from what i understand but I'm glad yeah. it did, because I think it's fucking awesome. But
1: go ahead. <laughs> so Tony, Tony, Tony sings on some of it. I think Scott sings on some of it. It sounds like all, but it sounds like kind of just kind of a mediocre all.
2: Yeah, I could see why you'd say that. I mean, it doesn't sound like all. I mean, there is, you know, Scott singing, but and Tony sings also, which I know a lot of people didn't yeah. like Tony's voice but there are some songs that i think really tony's voice actually lends a lot to the feeling in the song like special to me that's i can feel what he's singing in that song and it feels from the heart you know and that that means something to me that whole album is really uh it's it's up there for me that's a good one i got so many Memories. That's the thing. Listening back to these, I have so many memories tied in with like each one of these songs. And I can think of specific times that I've listened to them and where I was and how I was feeling at the time and you know how a lot of these songs helped me feel better. And that album, I can put it on and it just takes me away and I can sing the songs, you know, from memory just all the way through. And I, I think it's great. But I know a lot of people didn't feel that way. Actually, when I went to the blasting room and we recorded, part of the I was talking to them about Tony Hall. I really like Tony Hall. It seemed like like Livermore and they they were kind of sheepish about it. Like they're like, Yeah, it's out there, you know, that one's out there. But <laughs> like they didn't want to be associated almost. And that that, you know, surprised <laughs> me. And I wanted a, a copy of it on vinyl. So actually when we were leaving, um, You know, they took me to the warehouse and I got a copy of it on vinyl. So I have that. That's cool. Yeah.
1: You know, I used to like it a lot more, I think. And like I said, I hadn't listened to it for a while and I put it on and it's like, yeah, it's kind of, for me, forgettable.
2: Oh, man. There's the song on there, Guitar Case. And Carl sings that song and you wouldn't know it, but he's got a good voice. He's got a really good voice. I don't know if I knew that. Yeah. Guitar Case. He's the one who sings that. So listen back to that.
1: The thing about all though, it's it's unbelievable because like they all write, you know. Yeah. Between Carl and Bill, his songs you can and you can almost never like you can never tell who it is. That's true. Like they they sound like they're the same guy writing every song. Of course, their songs are so fucking weird, some of them. But um, <laughs> it, it's just like Bill has weird songs and he's got great love songs, and mm-hmm. there's no rhyme or reason to their songwriting, but it just. It's just sort of all meshes very well together.
2: It does for sure. I know, you know, they come into it with like a song kind of complete. And that's, I don't know if they, you know, all individually write their own parts for each thing or if it's They, just they like,
1: have to. Carl has to write all well, the bass lines. You know <laughs> what?
2: Anytime that I listen to all or think of all or anything about all, all that I'm thinking of in my head is Carl's bass lines. That's all that I can hear when I am thinking of the song, I'm just thinking the bass line. And I don't think it's because I play bass necessarily, I think it's just because he's fucking amazing. And it's it makes the songs to me. I mean, not, not taking anything away from anybody else in the band, they're all amazing musicians. And it's he is amazing, Bill is amazing, and of course, Stefan's amazing, and whoever's singing at the time is also amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when I think of all, literally, I hear bass in my head, you know i hear something i hear a yeah. bass line and it's because that is the sound you know yeah i mean yeah, they have is. weird songs they got the like i said great pop songs they got these weird like hard rock things and they got these just crazy dumb songs honestly yeah and <laughs> they always have these amazing bass lines That make them all, you know, no
2: matter how silly the song is, listen to the drums (laughs) and the bass together. They are so tight. It is amazing. And Bill doesn't use, you know, a metronome or any click track or anything. He is doing it all just he is a click track. Exactly. He can (laughs) listen to a song. They told me this at the blasting room. He can listen to a song and tell you what the tempo of that song is just by listening to it. So
1: that's more than I could do. (laughs) That's awesome. Alright, so what's next for you?
2: Um, my number nine. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Allroy Saves. It's uh it's got good songs. I think my favorite song on ones. there. Yeah, my favorite song is probably not the one that everyone else would pick, but I really like some. Long time. Good one dude <laughs> that one yeah that means something to me and you know it's it's got simple things and if you listen to a song i like thought edu- you were
1: gonna say i thought I you mean, were gonna say freaky <laughs> i'm like no i hope it's not freaky <laughs> no I hope that's, that's, that's actually not my favorite.
2: my my least favorite on that album
1: <laughs> freaky, yeah, yeah yeah that's good
2: freaky yeah <laughs> Yeah, there's that. It's got simple <laughs> things on it, and "Educated Idiot" is a great song. Oh. But how the fuck do you write that song? Any instrument in that is just doing crazy shit. It's amazing to listen to, and you think, you know, how are they all tying that together and making it sound like music? But it all does, and it goes and flows <laughs> and makes a song somehow. And I don't get it. I couldn't do that. <laughs> it's amazing to me. It's like magic.
1: I know. It, it's unbelievable that song, and. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how you do that, but um just like them. Yeah. so that song is great and I know when they re recorded the uh the comp, Milo did the vocals and I never understood why they had Milo redo the vocals. Oh really? I don't understand that. It doesn't make any well, sense.
2: Would you like to I know love
1: why? I love Scott <laughs> yeah, I I I do because I love I love Scott's version.
2: Okay. Okay. Well you're entitled to like it. <laughs> <laughs> the reason that Milo re-recorded that song is because he wrote it.
1: Oh, I didn't. I had no idea.
2: Yeah, he wrote that song for them, and it, it's if you look in the album, he's credited. But uh, he uh, he wrote it, and I'm you know I'm fine with Scott's version of it. I just don't like it as much as Milo's version. Milo's sounds, I don't know, like it's more uh heartfelt kind of sound like you can feel the emotion and scott's version just kind of sounds more like he's just singing it to me i mean i love scott's voice absolutely love scott's voice but i i don't think that was a a good pick for
1: that song i don't know it's kind of weird because when i had that comp i that was that's one of those songs that i don't know if it ever really grabbed me until i heard milo sing it yeah and I was like, wow, that, he definitely put some life into that song. But now when I listen to it, I'm like, you know what? I kind of like, like Scott's. Really? A little
2: more now. Yeah, I don't know, you know? Yeah, when it's I saw weird. that was on the comp, I was like, oh, that song's on there? I wonder why they picked that. And uh, well, maybe they fixed it, you know, maybe it sounds better. <laughs> and then to listen to it and be like, oh, shit. Okay, that's, that's what it's supposed to be like. That's the way I felt.
1: What else is on that record? Uh Prison. That's one of those weird sleeper songs for me.
2: That's a Scott it's song like, all it's- the way. Like that's his type of writing. But I like it. It's on my list. It's midway in my list. That's number six out of twelve for me on that album. Really? I actually put Frog above that just because of the the goofy story behind Frog, I think, was the main reason.
1: See, Frog is just a catchy song, but, yeah, lyrically, it's one of those, like, eh, it almost doesn't work for me, but yeah, it's so well, damn I mean, catchy. that He
2: just wrote it kind of as a joke, from what I heard, that he you know, was just <laughs> kind of noodling around on a, a piano trying to impress a girl and making up the stupid song, and everybody else thought it was funny enough to record it. So that's what I've heard, at
1: least. <laughs> okay. My next album is actually uh, my first album I ever heard by him. Alroy says, "Pretty Little Girl" is maybe their—I don't want to say it. I was thinking maybe one of their best lead-off it's, tracks.
2: It's killer. The bass on that song is amazing. Yeah, it just drives it all the way through.
1: That is that is the song that really makes you know puts Dave on the map. You know yeah. because he he only did like well really this whole just one album with them. Yeah. And uh, just perfect is on there, which is a beautiful song. And then we yeah. get Alfredo's, which is like that definitely throwback to the des- The Descendants, you know. Yeah. Um. You hear that, and it's just like, oh yeah, this I I almost forgot who I was listening to. <laughs> but it's like yeah. the thing about th- they took that, you know. I think there's enough division between the two, um, for maybe not a you know a casual listener, maybe they can't hear it, but people like me and you i can tell the difference at this point between the two bands but those guys you know all did a few things that always kind of let you know where they were coming from you know and it's songs like alfredo's that it's like oh yeah yeah these guys definitely don't take themselves too seriously they have a great time and they love food yeah. Love yeah, they love singing food, food so, so. <laughs> yeah 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 learning
2: yeah. about the band
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so but yeah i mean i always loved this record but it it comes down to not enough you know hits and maybe production
2: i remember yeah when when i got that cassette and listened to it listened to, you know to it thoroughly and i went back to school adam asked me so what'd you think and i said well i i like it the uh, the early stuff it's a little bit too much of the all choir. <laughs> <laughs> those backing vocals just seemed really out there to me. I mean, I don't mind the production. I know I've heard other people say that they don't like the production on the early albums, and it it's fine with me. It's you can hear what's going on. Everything sounds fine. Uh, you know, in that way, uh, it's it doesn't sound as good as the later stuff, obviously, or the remixes. But it's uh, it's still good.
1: Yeah, no, I, I still listen to that record. I listen to all these records kind of uh, on the regular, you know? Yeah. And me too. and that's one of them probably I listen to more because um cuz it was kind of like my my first one. Yeah. So I I hold that in a special place and it's just I, it you know, whether it takes me back to those early days of being, you know, about 15 or whatever I was, but um I just I still it's a cool record.
2: Yeah, for sure, absolutely. What's your least favorite song on the record? Did you pick one? Um,
1: mm, probably. I don't know. Probably like Alfredo's. I guess oh, really? it's just one of those songs. It's <laughs> kind of stupid, you know. It's like, eh. I don't know. Um, Amuse.
2: I went with uh, Amuse. That's what I went with. Yeah.
1: I, I I honestly sometimes if I'm driving and it's playing, I'll skip Alfredo's though. It's just I I usually don't yeah. skip them, but
2: I I it depends on what mood you're in. I I get it
1: exactly. So yeah, like you have it, some it, songs like and that, and they
2: say they say in the song that it is a little too long, and I agree it is. It's like one verse too long to
1: me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that's that's one of the funny parts of that. So, all right, <laughs> what do you got for what what's next for you?
2: Um, let's see my number nine. We got to that already. Okay. My number eight would be breaking things. Oh my God. Yeah. You're killing me. Well, wow. I mean, I'm particular with what I like. If I don't like it, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> but it's good. I like that album. I remember I bought that used, uh, at, uh, some bookstore, uh, that sold CDs also in downtown Santa Cruz when I was like 15. And I that was one of the last ones that I got in my collection, I think, to you know, complete the collection. And I just it never hit me like any of the other albums did. I had a hard time adjusting to Chad's voice in that album, particularly. Um, even though I'd already heard you know, like Pummel and things before that, still on on breaking things, I feel like his voice is a little bit more raw and just not not what I was looking for, not that it's bad, just it took me a while to get used to it.
1: I thought, I I love Breaking Things, and honestly, this is the record that I thought was my favorite. Um, I listened to Breaking Things a lot, probably the most. I thought the, you know, Chad kind of brought this, this kind of like toughness to the band. They got a little, you know, a little angrier.
2: Yeah, sounding, I can hear that. You know? For sure. Pro- In this album, the, you can tell the production
1: the started to uh, a notch up, I yeah. thought, on this album. And um but yeah, the album overall, if you look at it, um there's some weird songs, you know. And All always has weird songs, but they kind of went like kind of a little bit like heavier, like crucified, you know? Yeah. And,
2: like yeah, guilty out of character sounding to me. I think that was partially why I didn't you know, didn't like it so much, but
0: yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a uh, got...
1: birthday IOU, dude. What a yeah, weird, like, a pretty serious song, you know. And I don't know if yeah. it's any if it's true or not, but clearly it's about. Yeah, it's it's you know uh, it's uh, a. <laughs> okay, I have no idea, but it's like, you know, it's one of those songs yeah, that it's like obviously that that's on my
2: list. That's down on my list.
1: It's what such a, I... it's got a heavy tone to it, and it's for all. It's like it's n- there is not a joke line in that song. I don't think. No, Whereas, huh? you know, they always have something in there to, to, uh, you know, make it allular, but that song is something different. So I actually love that song, but yeah. Yeah. And politics it's
2: on that same album, you know, talking about, you know, that's a serious song. You also have strip bar, which is strip bar, <laughs> not <yeah>. a serious <laughs> song. It's funny, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Both sides, you know, serious and not serious. But that's got great songs on it, too. What was your number one on that album?
1: On Breaking Things? Um, it's got to be, I always want to say Original Me, but probably Ooh. probably Shireen.
2: Okay. Okay. That's, that's not, up right there for me. Yeah, right is my number yeah. one. That's what I, I it was hard. Yeah. It was either that or original me. My, uh, let's see, my top four on that one are right, original me, shreen, and then guilty. And that's
1: hard. I actually, dude, I actually did crucified a lot mm. because it's just, and it's not usually my thing, you know, like I wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to listen to a band if it's not all. I probably don't listen to that song, but when it comes on, maybe it's just because it's so different for them and so heavy right that i actually just i get a kick out of it man i like it but um (laughs) one thing that i think is cool about all is on a lot of their albums was trying to find um three songs in a row that were absolute fucking hits Hmm. and you know um this is one of them original me right and shreen, right in a row um because a lot of times they have like a really good song and then they'll have like alfredos or something yeah, that's kind of more yeah, of a yeah. joke song and then back to a hit and it's like god they they really just didn't want to to bore anybody they're perfect for me because i got a little bit of add in me you know so listening <laughs> yeah. to all it's like it's all over the place
0: yeah you get a but, little um, bit of everything yeah all next
1: right. up for me is and this is where i uh i test some people um mass nerder
2: hmm that low for you all right
1: it is that low um i think it's got some great songs but i feel like i feel like this is and i know this is the case it's like all it's some of the outtakes from um everything sucks
0: (laughs) you know so you only
1: saying
2: that because you've heard yeah you've heard the demos huh
1: yeah 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 like like vita blue and shit but um yeah I, it's There's some great songs like Fairweather Friend and Until I Say So and Good Is My Word. Yeah. Those are great all songs. yeah But then I think a lot of the album, it actually, to me, it sounds like a Descendants record. It sounds more like everything sucks. And, huh. and it, I don't know, it's like weird. I always think of like all having like four eras, Dave, Scott, Chad, and then post- Everything sucks. And
2: everybody who wants to be in the band after that and yeah. sing again. Because yeah. at
1: that point, it was really cool and unbelievable that they could do that. You could, you yeah. know, Scott still sings with them and Chad will sing. And, but um, I, I feel like the the after The Descendants, there was a clear, um, the all sound was there and it was separate. It was a separate band, but I, I felt like beyond 96, the bands were coexisting together and the the songs started to kind of blend for me, hmm. like s- sometimes even when Chad's singing, it's almost like, mm, man, this
2: sounds like Milo should be singing this. You know what? I felt I felt the exact same way about Hyperkathium Spasinate. I thought that was a great all album. Like
1: I'm saying, they're they're coexisting together, but it seems like there are certain songs that maybe. They should be dedicating. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, I thought that the they two picked, bands together.
2: Yeah, that shouldn't have been. At least some of those songs shouldn't have been Descendant songs. I feel like they just did it because that's the band that's going at the time, and it would have been better suited as an all song. But that's just my personal yeah. opinion.
1: Yeah, Mass Nerd.er uh, To me, is I don't listen to this album that much, huh. and it's probably my other than Tony All. I probably listen to this one the least. Wow. But I mean, I still like. Like it's funny because like good is my word is like one of the best songs all ever had. I think
2: it's difficult looking back on the albums. Yeah. You you look at an album and you think, oh, that one's not going to be, you know, that high up on my list. And you start looking at the songs and you're like, oh, fuck, I forgot that song was on there. And what about this song? (laughs) And then you remember how great it is and then it moves up the list. And yeah, I had to recalibrate so many times to get this. So I hope I got it right in the end. We'll see.
1: All right. So, what's next for you? Well, what's
2: your favorite track on there? You like "Until I Say So" or um, you
1: think w- "Good as My Word" is probably my favorite, but um, okay. "Fairweather Friend" and really? "Until I Say So" are they're great, man.
2: I got my number one as "Think the World." I love that song. Oh, yeah, just the bass and the lyrics and the way that he goes—you know, the, his voice goes up with the bass and then goes back down. It just that hits every every stroke for me. That's what I want to hear. And Silly Me, that's awesome. And until I say so, until then, you know, World's on Heroin, great, <laughs> great lyrics, funny, you know, truthful. It's, and yeah, Good is My Word. That's a great album. It's got a lot of good songs on it, but there are, you know, looking back on this, there's also, it seems like a lot of songs that I I just could do without also on pretty much every one of these yeah.
1: albums so <laughs> that's maybe it got a little long you know yeah well towards cut a the few end songs and... yeah there's
2: 16 songs on an that album that's a long album 12 songs i could deal with you could cut some on that and you know add them to the next album if you want or make you know a couple of seven inches whatever yeah my least favorite on that one my least favorite oh yeah is what's honey... your least favorite honey peeps
1: <laughs> i think that's probably mine too
2: yeah it's that one was tough i mean it's fine <laughs> it's just romantic it's,
1: it's, junkie i don't i don't care for that one either uh but.
2: yeah that one's on there low on mine too vita blue and silence are also low for me what do you got next so we are up to numbers let's see seven that would be number seven okay mine is all roy says for number seven okay yeah
1: we already talked about that one made it a little higher
2: yeah, it's, uh, it's higher in mine. I mean, there's a lot of good songs on it. I was looking at it, and uh, Alroy says, that's a half and half for me. I ended up <laughs> trying to figure out how I was going to rate these, and I had six songs on it that I really like and six songs that I don't care for so much. So it's kind of right in the middle.
1: Paper so, Tiger Man starts with that wicked bass line.
2: Yeah, that is cool. So then we are up to number six. Is that right?
1: Well, number seven for me yet. Oh, sorry, I keep my skipping. number seven. You're good. Um, All Roy for Prez.
2: Really, that far down? Okay.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, It's really only because it's only because it's shorter at this point, you know. And the production is suffers greatly, but um, the songs. I mean, Skin Deep, man. Yeah, it's yeah one of yeah. the greatest songs ever. Oh, and yeah. I mean, Wishing Well. It's yeah. oh my god! It's it's. I it's, hate to. It's love. really good. Ugh. It's a great EP, but it's just yeah, the production sucks on it. You know,
2: it's not great. There's only one song on there that I really don't like. Can you guess which one? Senaqua. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just
1: it's one of those weird ones, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm all for songs like that, but that one just didn't do it for me. The one, my what's your your number one pick on that album? Then, what do you think? Skin deep. Skin deep. That's my number two. My number one is postage. I always loved that song. I wanted to play that song. I wanted to cover that song. And just, I never felt like we had the time to do that, to sit down and actually learn it. But uh, that that song is amazing to me every time I listen to it. The remix, I think, sounds better than the original also, because he re-recorded the guitar track, if you can hear it
1: oh did they I, yeah. I i like the re-record better or the remix or whatever yeah but um i like that better but yes yeah, it's, it's it is a great song i didn't realize the guitar was redone
2: yeah that's something they did to make it all sound kind of the same they went back and re-recorded some of the guitar tracks and things to you know so it would all mesh up better
1: that's like sort of a greatest hits but was that fan picked
2: yes I it think was that's what it was right yeah i remember i on such a weird one I didn't realize that that came out so long ago. It seems so. It seems new to me. It was like twenty some years ago. Yeah, it was like what ninety five, I think it was, or something like that. Or uh, ninety eight, maybe. I think it was. A little... I don't
1: remember. No, don't it, it was. I think it was like. It was ninety eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that still seems like a long time ago. But I remember there was it, a well... opinion survey <laughs> online that they posted on what songs you wanted to have included, and they took that into account.
1: I think for the most part, it's. It's wonderful. There's some hits that were missing that I couldn't believe, you know. And we'll get to that once yeah. I get to that record. <laughs> my favorite All song didn't make it. And it's like, ah, oh, how the hell could you leave that off?
2: See, on All Way for Pres, my favorite song is postage, like I said. Uh, <laughs> there's one line in that that I, <laughs> every time I hear it, I laugh to myself. And I'm probably the only one who hears this. But when he says, can you do the same for me? The way that he says me, it sounds exactly <laughs> like the Roadrunner in the cartoons because he's, meep, he's meep. short. He says <laughs> me. Yeah. So I hear that every time I listen to it and I laugh to myself. Did that
1: come out before All Roy Says or was that after?
2: That was after. That was uh, the year after. I think it was the year after or the same year even. I don't remember. I just I looked at it, but it's very shortly
1: after. I don't remember. All right. So my. No. Yeah. What's yours? My. Mine was. My, oh, year, my number,
2: number seven? six. Oh, are we on six? Six. Sixage. Jeez. i yeah. cross these off because so I can keep track. Number six, <laughs> I have Alroy for Prez. That's that's me there. So we just talked about that.
1: <laughs> Alright, so my number six is uh Allroy Saves.
2: Okay. That's higher for you.
1: Okay. It is higher, but yeah, like you said, you know, it's got hits. It Simple does. things and and uh, Prison, which I don't know. I, that was yeah. always one of those songs that I, I, I think, you know, years ago, I kind of, it, was, it wasn't it was really there for me. I didn't really notice, but lately it's been, yeah, this is a great song. Yeah. Yeah, the um, baseline
2: on that song. <laughs> That's what I remember when I am thinking about it right now. That and Scott's vocal. yeah,
1: It's a great song. Yeah. yeah. Great album. I, 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 I love that. It was kind of like, yeah, I mean, it's all, so you can't really go wrong. Where none of these are bad, but it just it doesn't to me. It at this point, everything after this is absolutely fucking wonderful. It's um,
2: yeah, I I had to (laughs) I had to really try hard to come up with the, the proper order. I actually ended up writing it all each album title on a piece of paper and cutting it out and like arranging it on the table and then moving things when I change my mind and, you know, doing it that That's way. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, That's, I had to, had to yeah, get it I right. Do,
1: I do everything on my phone, you know, on my notepad. Yeah. And I'm constantly, I leave space in between each one because I'm constantly dragging one up and down and back. and And yeah, finally I, wrote, I just have to save it and call it a day.
2: I wrote this all out on uh, on paper, on like two sides of paper. I have like four sheets of paper in front of me.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> all right. So what do you got for five then?
2: Number five, I have Tony All. That album, wow, much higher I thought, than yes, I thought just thinking about it and not having listened to any of this, you know, trying to rate it. I had thought that that was going to end up being my favorite and I felt bad about <laughs> saying that as my favorite because it's not like true all canon, you know, and there's so many other great all songs that that didn't feel, you know, fair for me to have that as my top, but it it moved down to number 5 for me. It's got great songs, Scott singing, he's I think overall my favorite all singer. And I really okay. enjoy everything he's done since all like Goodbye, Harry's been great. Pavers are amazing. Pavers. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I I just really, I I like Scott a lot. I like Tony's vocals when he's singing that it's special to me, like the song, because it's from him, you know? And uh, I just really, I, I don't know, I get it. And I, I like, like I said, hearing Carl sing, that's new. But, I mean, there are some songs on there that are slower. And, you know, there is a drum machine on there on one track, on uh, what, Last <laughs> Refuge. But Bill programmed the drums on that, so he's still drumming, kind of.
1: <laughs> Bill is a drum machine, so. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I, I love that album, and uh, I'm probably alone on that, but I will stand my ground. What's your favorite track, on Antonio?
1: Uh-huh. Telltale Signs is probably my favorite. That's a great one because it's pr- probably the most all-sounding, you know, on the whole yeah. thing.
2: Yeah, New Girl so, Old Story is very similar to that in the sound.
1: What's the song? Which one is it? That kind of it kind of reminds me of like the Hollies or something. Like a doo, 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 doo. It starts with guitar, like a clean tone guitar. Do,
2: do, 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 <sighs> I can't. Special to me. That one.
1: Is it special to me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's one of those albums that you kind of remember the bad stuff before the good stuff.
2: Well, you can call it whatever you want. (laughs) I love
1: it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I just, yeah, it's just like I said, it never caught me, you know? Maybe someday. Yeah. I mean, I love it. I
2: have really no explanation, you know, concrete explanation why I like it so much. I don't think it's just the memories tied to it. I think they're actually good songs, but I, it it means something to me and i like it a lot. So.
1: All right, so um my number 5 mm-hmm. is problematic. It's a great album. My only my knock on it is it's way too long.
2: It is too long, i'll give you that. It could have been an album and almost two albums. <laughs> but it's really good. Like this was sort of back
1: to all, back to not not being like Everything sucks. Leftovers. This was like a fresh all record. It felt like "Carry You," great fucking song, one of the best. Yes. And and I love how they they went back into the silliness. They went back into the the this is a dumb song thing. She broke my dick, <laughs> <Yeah>. which is <laughs> hilarious. And it's like once you hear it, you're like, this is this is so all. And then back to hits. It's like hit after hit after hit. Mm-hmm. And um, it's got one of my favorite, absolute favorite songs on there, Teresa.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um
1: one of my favorite all songs and it's buried in like the middle of the album and it's like ah, you know what I mean it's like they the, they have so many good songs that even a song like that which I I would have thought would have been closer to the front of the album, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cuz it is so good. They well, kind of put it wherever they put it and
2: yeah, yeah, it's done. Yeah. No, that's a great album. I mean, yeah, Carry You is oh, so good. That's my number one yeah. on that album. That's my favorite.
1: Yeah, well, I Teresa for me, Carrie U, um, uh, Stupid Kind of Love is really good. And uh, okay. I always thought www.sarah was cool because that was yeah. like, you know, at the time people actually said www.all.com <laughs> or whatever, you know? Yeah. So oh. when I saw that, I'm like, oh, wonder what www is? And it's like, what went wrong? Like I thought yeah. I loved that at first.
2: You know what? I had never thought about that until you just mentioned it. I never realized that that was, yeah, the meaning behind that, if it is, and that is very clever. (laughs) Real People? That's a great one. There's a lot of hits on this record. There really are. Yeah, my number two on it is The Skin. I really like that song. And similar to that, Lock Them Away. That's my number three. Just, I thought they really did a good job on those songs. They're saying something important that needs to be heard, and it's, you know they did a really good job of making a concise uh, a way of conveying the information, and I I get it. It's really well done.
1: Yeah, I I, I like this track and I you know like I said, it's just it seems to go a little long, but yeah, that's okay.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a lot of all on that album. <laughs> Eighteen songs is a lot of songs.
1: I can't believe it's twenty years old already. This is that the last was all astonishing
2: to me yeah when we talked about doing this <laughs> I was amazed you know they the last thing they put out was in 2001 this is a current band in my mind they are you know just as important to me as they ever were so that was surprising all right well up to number four yes sir number four I have mass nerder on my number four much higher than me yeah yeah my number one on that is uh, think the world oh it's so okay. good yeah like
1: i said i mean it's all so i mean it's it's all good but yeah it's just that that's just one record that felt a little forced maybe really you know yeah to me it did i'll give you that <laughs> still good i still yeah. listen to it not as much yeah um my number four is not your favorite uh breaking things
2: oh yeah not not um not high on my list <laughs>
1: this 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 is the album that I listen to a lot like I fucking love this record and I remember when I first got it way back then it was like holy shit like this isn't the pretty little girl all this is like heavier and way more rocking you know
2: yeah yeah for sure that's why I think it was hard for me just because I was you know so in love with Scott vocals and then to, you know, this is the next album. Okay, here we go. You know, settling in to listen and then just, you know, Chad's voice was too rough for what I was expecting and it, it kind of hit me wrong <sighs> in the beginning. I've grown to love Chad's his voice. Chad's got a great voice. Oh, he does, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I There's... love Chad. Chad's, Chad's I, I always say he's my favorite, but it's so tough because it's like, Yeah, ugh, I know. You, you can't, they're tied. Him and Chad, or him and Scott are tied. Because yeah. If, you know, I can't imagine those, the 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 records with Scott not, having Scott on them, they, they, yeah. they wouldn't be the same, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, when you when you hear them live, it's like Chad sings these songs, you know, Scott songs, and it's like, oh, it's it's like, who cares? You know? It's Yeah, he can do good. it too. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is different, but good, for sure. Yeah.
1: All right, man. What are we up to? Number three? Number
2: three, yeah. For number three, I have, this is where it's going to get good here. For number three up, this is this is big okay number three i have all roy's revenge
1: i have all roy's revenge as my number three as well
2: oh look at that we finally aligned awesome well what's your number one track then i think it's pretty obvious but uh i'll let you say it
1: uh she's my ex dude
2: yep yep can't disagree with no doubt
1: about it yeah i Mm, one of the greatest songs ever dude that is a great song but you know songs like fool
2: yes that's my number two
1: That is an underrated hit, dude. Scary Sad. Yes, yeah, It's a great one. Bubblegum, dude. Oh, yeah.
2: The guitar on it's that. It's got that
1: cool. What the hell? It's very Eddie Van Halen-ish.
2: <laughs> I remember my friend told me, I, this made me think of it when we were doing All Roy Says. My friend that introduced me said that uh, like, I listened to that album to All Roy Saves and I was like, that's kind of weird. You know, It doesn't sound like the rest of them. And he said, <laughs> and I don't know if this is true, but it made sense to me at the time that um like when the descendants were popular you know everybody's starting to play similar sounding music and you know all kind of in the first album or two they kind of felt that people were catching on to that so they kind of mixed it up and did some weird shit <laughs> so yeah. they couldn't be copied is that's what I heard and that kind of sounds like that to me.
1: Um Mary is oh, one yeah. of the greats. Love that one. Um the song uh what's the weird one? Box? It's got really cool verses. Yeah. But it, I can't there's like a rap part in the middle yeah. of the song and I can't <laughs> I can't do the rap part. It's like what are they thinking?
2: I like the line during that where he says, you know, he got some soap and he, he looks looks like me, but I smell like you. <laughs> I thought that's clever. <clears throat> Scott's got good lyrics.
1: The song Net. They're they're one of these bands that like alternative rock in the nineties, you know. A lot of those bands kind of sounded like all at times. Yeah. But I felt like all was like, just, they were right along with everybody, but they were kind of just two steps ahead at the same time. Yeah. Just being a little bit different. But this song, I think the choruses and shit, I think of like, what's that band? Goo Goo Dolls. Oh. Like, you know, when the Goo Goo Dolls were like rocking, not just like acoustic hits, yeah. you know? Um, th- th- I I always hear that. It's like, man, the Goo Goo Dolls, this is where they, they stole that that rock sound from, (laughs) you know, is the fucking all, you know, and, uh, yeah, I just feel like they all didn't get the credit still doesn't get the credit for, for their influence on that kind of shit. I don't
2: think they've gotten hardly enough credit from what I've seen. I just, I don't understand it. You know, there, I've always heard, you know, like they said in, in the movie, they, you know, the all is the band that's guilty of not being the descendants. And I'm sorry that that's where it fell. And I don't think that that's just in any way.
1: <laughs> I actually like all more than the Descendants. Sometimes, yes, I do too. You know, yeah, for sure. They a lot, lot of times. Of, I mean, you a know? deeper
2: catalog, you know, you know, obviously. But just some of the songs and the songwriting and the bass and the drums and just the variety of singers. There's something different. It's just, yeah, it's different. Similar, but still good. <laughs> if you take the hits
1: and you you were throwing hits at each other, you know, like clean sheets. You know? Yeah. Uh, She's my ex. Uh, Silly girl. (laughs) You know what I mean? You could go back and forth for quite a while with the great hits. Yeah, you could. And um, I don't know, man. It's pretty much the same band. So it's like, I can't... I don't think... You can't get too mad at me for saying that I I prefer all over the Descendants. (laughs) That's
2: right. It's
1: (laughs) like, fuck. I mean, you got four singers that were great. You got the same band. I mean, they were fucking... The band is incredible. I mean, they can all play. Yeah. Any any show that the Descendants are all plays, they are the best musicians on the bill.
2: Even if you're not into music, I mean, you can you can appreciate what they're doing, and and yeah. follow that. And see that they know what they're doing that it does sound good. I mean, if you admit it does sound good, it might not be what you're normally into, but they're making music and I can get in that.
1: I imagine I'm a fan of this, but I imagine someone that's not a fan, maybe a maybe a guy that's into like, I don't know, progressive rock or something might hear all and go wow, this is, you know, this is pretty impressive. Listen to that bass player. This drummer is amazing. And these this choppiness of the songs and it's all over the place and how they bring it back together sometimes. Yeah, I would. I would assume that a musician um, would be impressed.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And whether you just a casual listener and you're not into music, you're just you're hearing the music as the background and you're not realizing how amazing it is. You're mostly probably focused on the vocal, which is fine. <laughs> But yeah. you're just missing, like, the key elements in the background if you're not listening that in-depth. You Oh, we got Hot Rod Lincoln on that album, too. That's a great song. Oh,
1: yeah, that I you know what? That's the biggest knock on that record for me. Really? I don't like that song. Oh, I care for it. I like it. I don't like it. Hmm. <laughs> That's fine. I just, it's one of those, what, like, uh, we didn't, I, I, will, I, I like this version
2: better. Okay. What about, we didn't do the, uh, the Dot single, but have you heard Boy Named Sue on that? Yes. And you didn't like it. I can tell by your voice. That's disappointing. I didn't like that either. Yeah. I heard yeah. that before I heard Johnny Cash. I don't Johnny want to hear Cash. all new
1: covers. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I might have too. I might have too. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a Johnny Cash guy, so. Well, I, it
2: made me appreciate it because that's where it came from. And then I listened to it and I do like it. And it's it's different. You know, Their version is obviously very different than the original. They rocked it up <laughs> quite yeah. a bit. But I, I oh, like yeah. it a lot. I, I like it more than the original, actually. I think it's perfect for Scott's voice, too. Yeah, yeah. New theme is on there too. We haven't talked about the instrumentals that much. That <laughs> song is awesome.
1: Yeah, it is. And that's one of those things where it's like, I almost don't consider them songs because it's like they have they have a few of those and they're fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to, uh, it feels like every all album should have one.
2: Yeah, yeah. I listen to other bands and, and if they, they have instrumental songs, if another band's playing an instrumental song, I usually skip through it because it's just not catching my yeah. attention. But if it's an all song, there's so much going on at the same time and just, oh. So what's your number two? My number two is Problematic, which you will find problematic.
1: (laughs) I like Problematic. Like I said, it was like their comeback album for me, you know? Yeah,
2: I went through it. and Lots of hits? Yeah, I had 12 hits on that that I just, I like those songs a lot. And there was only six of them that I didn't really care for as much. So yeah,
0: Hmm. that was
2: a difficult one for me but uh yeah 12 songs that I like so that's that's a lot of songs that's a full album's worth if you're any other band
1: yes <laughs> okay well my number 2 is percolator
2: wow that's really high for that i love me, it that's great though
1: um i felt like this was you know when you go through the catalog this is kind of where the production got really good and um but, I mean hits nothing nothing and dot yeah and and wonder is wonder is a sleeper hit yeah. you know should have been on that comp yeah um minute minute is you know maybe a top five all song and yeah so the 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 knock on this record is hot plate oh. hot plate is <laughs> Probably the worst all song, total cock rock, you know. It's just it I can't get into that song at all. does have a
2: different vibe. Yeah, I got that. It's low on my list too, yeah.
1: The Hey Bug song is cool, you sure. know. Um, Egg Timer's cool.
2: Yeah, I like the story behind that. That is good storytelling songs. I enjoy like Scott's songs specifically, it, even after all, because he's more of a storyteller in his songs, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I like even his liner notes, like he writes the story behind the song. So there's even more in depth to it. So that makes me like him even more.
1: Um, Empty is a is a big like hard rock sound. You know, it seems like like I said before, the Guga dolls, you know, if they could have if they would have played this song, they would have made a million bucks
2: off of it. Right. My number two on that album is Breathe. I love that song. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, it's so well done. Just, it's not a typical all song by any means but
1: it, it's kind of loungy kind of bluesy almost you know in an allular yeah, way you know
2: yeah but just the lyrics <laughs> it's so clever and just it's really well written really well done I really love that song
1: I thought you were going to say New Gear was your no, favorite no that's
2: actually my least favorite surprisingly <laughs>
1: well it's it's kind of dumb you know <laughs> yeah. the BC Rich isn't that the yeah, guitar yeah, the BC yeah. rich I see that BC Rich like tuning it <laughs> yeah.
2: And then tuning it again. I I
1: think, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) that's great. Minute and and Wonder are probably my favorites. Nothing, Dot, and lots of hits. That Nobody song is actually like, that's got a kind of a big groove, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: Well, number one, we're going to have the same one. Yeah. Which I was
2: surprised to come up with myself because I didn't expect it.
1: I was kind of the same way.
2: (laughs) We're talking about Pummel. That's amazing. Of course. And it's actually, that was the first album, all album that I ever purchased. I got it used at uh, the Warehouse Music in Bakersfield, California. I remember picking it out and then listening to it. And that was also the first time that I ever saw pictures of the band. And it's, if you remember, it's just like a half shadow of their face. So I remember staring at that while I was listening to it and trying to imagine what the rest of the other half of their face would look like. (laughs) <laughs> to see what these guys look like, because that was before the internet. I had no pictures to go by. Yeah. But yeah, that's an amazing album. It's a little bit long also for me, like a few songs. But uh
1: you know what? It is, but I'm not getting rid of no, any of these. Songs, I was looking at though, it. well, even the one I don't like at all, I'm gonna keep it on there because I think it adds something.
2: Yeah, I can see that. I think I know which one you're talking about.
1: Um it starts off with self righteous which right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Kind of a weird one to start an album with, I think. But it's one of the best songs they ever had. Yeah, man. no,
2: it's it's a really good song for sure. That's all Carl. Yeah, that's a good song.
1: And then into Million Bucks, which is Yeah, oh how my can God. You, Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> There's no wrong in that song.
1: I mean, that is one of those songs top top five that's small, one that you could put on songs for, maybe you know yeah
2: you could put that on for anybody and go oh hey listen to this and they'd say oh, who's that what's
1: your favorite on the record because that's not even my favorite on the no record.
2: it's not me either that's down actually let's see self-righteous is number four for me on that uh for number three i had million bucks number two this was difficult for me to separate the top two you ready i have for number two i have breaking up Which means for for number one, I have Long Distance.
1: I'm not surprised. You don't even have my number one on there yet.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Miranda. Okay.
1: I fucking love that song. The wordplay in that song, every time I hear it, it just turn it up, and it's hands down my favorite all song. Wow.
0: Miranda We met face to face and lost my head Miranda I saw your smile and felt something click inside Miranda Smilin', kiss goodbye Awakey to the smilin'
1: Fucking love that's it. That's different for me. Okay. um But yeah, but yeah, million bucks and and long distance and and breaking up—they're all fucking great. Yeah. It's unbelievable the hits on this record. Of course, we get also um stalker. Yeah. You get into <laughs> the is, harsher uh, vocals. Yeah. That's a hard one to listen to because it's so different. You it know? is. Yeah. It's um,
2: uh, telling a story and <laughs> it's uh, a little bit creepier than any of their songs. Actually, that makes me remember I around the time when I got this, (laughs) I was, you know, very into the band and, you know, it it was growing on me. But I noticed that it sounded different and felt different than like the Descendants albums that I was listening to because they're, you know, poppy Mm -hmm. and more upbeat. But this one sound kind of like of a downer. So I actually wrote a a fan letter. Dark record. Yeah, yeah. I wrote a fan letter to the address in the uh, in the album. (laughs) <laughs> and I got a response from Bill. So I asked him nice. how, you know, the album sounds different. Like, you know, basically like, you okay? Like what's going on? <laughs> cause it sounds kind of depressed. Like songs like, you know, black sky and this world. Like yeah. uh, what's going on? You okay? So he like basically wrote back. I actually was going to go to my parents' house and see if I could find this letter. Cause I know I saved it in a box cause he signed it. And that was important to me. But, uh, it, uh, he said that those songs like, ah, oh, it's no big deal. You know, basically like I'm okay. Just, I was kind of, you know, depressed cause all, all of, uh, I think it was all of his friends wanted to get in the hot tub and he felt self-conscious about taking his shirt off to get in the hot tub. <laughs> 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 so, okay. Well, I could see that uh, kind of in the songs now, if I listen to him, I can hear that. That's
0: awesome. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. But it is definitely a downer kind of, more morose than the other albums. It's not as upbeat most of the time, but it does have like million bucks and breaking up and, you know, just super poppy songs that are super catchy that should have been on the radio and more well-played, but you know, it also has like broken, which is a harsh song, a really good song. It's just a harsher vocal and, you know, a little bit different.
1: Then it's got goofiness too, you know, on foot, Yeah. you know, that's, (laughs) It's a great song, though, man. Yeah, overall, I, I this album, I, I actually like Stalker. My least favorite is probably Uncle Critic.
2: That's my next to the last. It's like, yeah,
1: hetero is not great. No, that is
2: <laughs> my bottom. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's probably maybe my bottom too. Just the content of the song is.
2: Yeah, kind of well, I remember when we were recording there, they were talking about they were going to do a reissue of Pummel and they were actually going to take that song off of it. So I don't know if that ever actually came out. I don't think it did. I don't think it did either. Yeah, they were going to take that off and add a couple of others or something in its place. But that's been, you know, whatever, however many years now, 13 years or whatever. So if it hasn't come out now, it might never come out. But that's the same. say I know for a fact, actually, that there is at least one i don't remember now it could have been two i'm pretty sure it's one complete all instrumental album that has never been released that was recorded at least before 2009 wow yeah that's just in the can sitting there that's interesting and you I've, know i don't know i heard that somebody a fan you know found out that it was there and they offered them a million dollars to have just a copy of it you know not to distribute it but to actually <laughs> to have the music and they said no so It's still there in the vault. That and the old Descendants recordings from 2006 with the original members, you know, with Tony. So that's sitting there that has never had Milo sing over it. And I got to listen to part of that. Yeah, I got to listen to part of that in the car when we were at the studio. And it it sounds amazing. I can tell you that. Box set, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was neat being there, just, you know, being in the building where. All of this happened and all the history and looking on the shelves and seeing like the master reels of like descendants 06 that nobody's ever heard and it's just right there
1: (laughs) that's unreal man that they would keep that out like that you never know it's
2: also unreal that they when we were there we were staying in the studio also so we slept there at night so we were unsupervised in the whole studio all night long And we could have done something if we tried, but I didn't want to fuck anything up, you know?
1: (laughs) No, yeah, yeah. That's serious. That's got to be pretty special as a fan. I wonder how many, you know, people that record there have to know, I would assume most people that are there know the history of the band and stuff. (laughs) And I mean, there might be some, you know, some local bands or something that that's just their studio, you know? Yeah. Maybe they don't really care, but for... For guys like you, though, I mean, guys like me, it would be a huge
2: deal to me. That was I remember like when uh, we were talking, I just wanted to record an album and, you know, we had the songs for it and I wasn't happy with the recording on some of the other songs. We can do them better now. You know, we sound better. So I wanted to record the album and I wanted it to sound the best that it possibly could. And that's, you know, that was my dream to go there. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to call, see what happens. So I looked up the website, called to see what the rates were, to see what it was like. So I called the number on the screen and it went directly to Bill's cell phone and my brain froze. (laughs) (laughs) I'm suddenly on the phone with Bill Stevenson and I was not expecting that. And uh, I I got it out, you know, asked him about the days and everything. So we worked it out. And uh, yeah, we actually ended up going. The only reason we were really able to do it was because another band canceled that was supposed to, I think it was rise against, they were in and out the whole period, uh, that we were trying to get remixes and stuff. They were occupying the studio and stopping us from forward progress. (laughs) But, uh, so they canceled and we were able to get a discount. I don't remember what it was, but it, it saved us quite a bit of money and So, yeah, all the guys decided that it was worth it for them to pay out of their pocket for their plane tickets. So we flew out there. I paid for the whole studio thing and it was actually we left. Oh, boy, I'm going to get this wrong because I hadn't thought of it beforehand. I think it was three days after we got married. We left to go to the blasting room and we had our honeymoon at the blasting room. That's awesome, man. For you. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Instead of going anywhere for a honeymoon, my wife was like, Well, you know what? Let's do this. Let's take a swing at this. She supported me on it, and I wouldn't have done it otherwise. And it turned out great.
1: <laughs> so Jason did your album, right? Livermore? Um we
2: recorded actually well, he did the mastering and mixing. Yeah. He <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I, I dumped it all in his lap. We I think we recorded Uh, let's see we did bass and drums at the same time and uh we did 15 songs total so we did bass and drums then we had like i think two days on guitars and two days on vocals so we had that's five days of recording and then three days of mixing three days of mixing so (laughs) livermore was like how many songs I was like, there's 15 songs. And he's like, what the fuck? How am I? Sp- I've never done 15 songs in three days. How am I supposed to do that? <laughs> so he's like, okay, well, I'll do what I can. I mean, we'll get it as close as we can. So he dialed it all in and, you know, got it all set up. And uh, it sounded amazing. You know, sounded great. I remember the first time listening to the last song on the album, uh, Not Missing You. We finished that in the studio. We didn't have a uh, blueprint on what it was going to be like, for sure, and we just played around with it at the studio. And actually, Andrew Berlin is the guy who recorded us. He did all of you know Bottle Rocket stuff and all of that, also. So we actually came in two weeks after they finished Warning Device, and uh, we were there when they got their final mixes for Warning Device. They came to the studio to listen to it, but. Uh, yeah, he, Andrew Berlin recorded us and he helped walk us through that song and to figure it out and what sounded good and everything. And I remember sitting down at the mixing console and closing my eyes and listening to that for the first time. And I started crying. <laughs> it was so powerful to hear you know, something that I had in my mind that was something that yeah. happened to me to come out and to sound like that. Yeah, it was bigger yeah, than I great. ever expected it to sound, and it sounded so good, and I was so so
1: happy with that. And yeah, plus just the environment that you're in too. You oh know. yeah,
2: yeah. Just look, there's posters all over the walls. You know, you, there everything in the studio. You know, oh, you know that's something that Carl built. You know, this is you know over here Frank painted that. You know, just <laughs> yeah. all kinds of stuff just all over the place. It's it was like being in Disneyland and having the keys. It was great.
1: for that movie, the Blasting Room Oh, yeah, thing.
2: right? Yeah, my buddy's working on that. He's the one putting that together. That looks amazing.
1: It's just a special place, and um, it's like Sonic Iguana. It's just one of those studios, like smart studios. It's just like so many important records have come out of there that you want to see some history. You want to know, you know, kind of the inner workings. You want to hear some stories. Yeah. You know, I fucking love yeah. it, and I can't wait for that thing. No, I
2: yeah, I remember when we first walked in, like... Uh, the manager, studio manager, he was actually the descendants manager at the time, also. He was showing us around and like took us to the you know the instrument room where they had some instruments. And he was like, um, see that snare over there? Uh that's the snare that Bill played on Milo Goes to College. <laughs> like, oh, wow, it's right
1: there. That's nuts.
2: Yeah, just it's surrounded by history. And it's it was it, yeah. and I actually I had a video camera with me and I recorded a documentary of us recording the album that I have on a hard drive that I've never released anywhere. And it's all edited and everything. And I had it set up. I was going to invite everybody over and watch it on the 10th year anniversary of the album coming out. So I would emailed everybody in the band, you know, hey, guys, you know, I got this finally put together, come over and watch it uh went to watch it on the hard drive hard drive won't start up
0: (laughs) it's an external
2: hard drive i have it i'm looking at it right now shooting daggers at it but
0: yeah (laughs) that's still got it
2: it's there it's just encapsulated and i can't get it out (laughs) yeah but it was a neat little movie it was neat behind the scenes on how we did everything and you know tour the studio and just us being there it was i think like 45 minutes long or something like that it was I'll have to get it back somehow. I gotta take that hard drive in and have it looked at. You know, this like you
1: said, the 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 tour manager was the studio manager. I love how they they keep their circle so close, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like they just they're friends with all their, their their dudes, you know, the tour manager and stuff. And you know, obviously it's your tour manager, you're not tour managing all the time, so you might as well yeah basically do other things for him i just i love that about that band it's like everything is so close yeah um it's just one of the things that's so so fucking special about that that i don't want to say a band because it feels much more like a family you know yeah
2: yeah it is yeah that type of feeling
1: and, and you know like we were talking about the different singers like how milo can just come back and steal <laughs> steal the steal the spotlight from chad that's what he did you know yeah and the descendants became huge and chad toured with them and was right there and is still in the band it's like amazing that they i no other band could do that you know chad could chad could go on obviously he's not going to be as successful on his own you know but he could have tried yeah but i i think that those guys are just so fucking cool that it's like well these are my buddies like we all love each other. Like, why am I, why would I do that?
0: Yeah.
2: Even if you look back on when all was recording all these albums, Milo does backing vocals on a lot of them. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's, He's there. It's nuts. Yeah.
1: yeah. But I mean, technically you are Milo's replacement, so- <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like Milo came and he didn't replace you. He just sort of came back, but- yeah, I, but to me, I think, I mean, that was really special at the time, but now, I, you know, the Descendants have been around for so long since that it's almost, I don't know, if I had to choose, like, today, who could I see, like, all with all mm. or Descendants? It'd be tough, man. Yeah, I it'd I be, could go for some it'd more It'd be all. really tough. I have
2: seen the Descendants a lot of times now, and that's awesome that I've been able to do that, but I, I would appreciate yeah. seeing all again.
1: i mean if you could pick the set list if you could if they were going to say okay you can see the descendants of course with milo or you can see all with scott chad or dave whoever you want to see and you get to pick the set list who are you going with
2: oh it has to be so you got
1: four choices basically and you get yeah it has to be one (laughs) four choices you get to pick the set list
2: Playing the entire catalog or just the songs that they sang on? Because when I saw Anything in 2009 when Scott was singing, they were only doing songs that Scott sang on.
1: Yeah. Anything. Anything. You get to choose.
2: Well, I don't know what Scott's voice would sound like on the newer stuff. So I would have to, I think, go with Chad probably because I know what he sounds like on the older stuff. And I yeah, I mean, I, I would right. have said that you know Scott's voice is probably my favorite... Ooh, that's a hard one now. <laughs> After going through all of this, I have, I don't know, Chad's really grown on me. And uh, I might have to say Chad even, but I really do dig Scott a lot.
1: Yeah. I'm going to say Chad just because the Chad songs seem a little bit more doable with Chad. Yeah. And uh, Dave, I don't think, you know, I think it'd be weird to hear like million bucks with Dave. <laughs> you know, that'd be weird. Yes, it would. But, um... <laughs> And the thing is, like, I, I can see, like, if I had to make a, a set list for all with Chad, I would be dipping into the Descendants anyways, you know?
2: Like, yeah. Silly girl. Well,
1: that's. <laughs> like, let's have Chad sing that one, you Yeah.
2: Know? When, uh, I don't know if you had seen on my Facebook page previously, but I've we there's a thing that they do in Fort Collins, you know, where the Blasting Room is. Uh, it's called Groveridge. And it's like Descendants karaoke, basically. Like, they're the backing band. And you get up. and- Oh yeah, and
1: I saw the Brandon. Brandon. Yeah, I Carlisle filmed that. that. I
2: filmed that actually. Oh really?
1: <laughs> yeah. That was. Yeah, and he fucks up, right? Yeah, at the
2: end. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was so great. Of course, you fuck
1: up. <laughs> well, who wouldn't? I mean, everyone knows the lyrics in their car. I know. But when you, you know, you get on like a floor with with the Descendants behind you, it it's like you're gonna fuck unnerving.
2: up. Unnerving. I <laughs> I've done it. Uh, I think I've sang five or six songs now. And it's really yeah. It's I did "Silly Girl" last, and "Talking" was the last <laughs> last time I got two songs because somebody else canceled. So I had to go out to my car and learn "Silly Girl" good enough to uh, perform it with the Descendants in about forty-five minutes, and I was sweating bullets. Um, I've gone and done that, and uh, that's amazing. To I I remember. Uh, my friend sent me a picture of him doing it in like 2009. Like my friends from Colorado, Brad and Pam, they were sending me pictures of those performances where Brad was singing with them. And I was like, what the fuck? How did you do that? You know? And he's like, well, if you lived here, you could do this type of thing. (laughs) So so next time they did it, he was like, Hey, they're doing that thing again. Do you want to come out for it? And I was like, yeah. So he's like, all right, well, let me talk to Grover. And if you don't know, I guess most people probably don't. Grover is the guy who basically helps them practice when Stefan's not there. He's living in Oklahoma, so he's not close by Fort yeah, Collins. Okay. So he practices with them when they're going to go on tour or something and get some ready. And, you know, Stefan practices on his own um, and then they come together and perform. But so in order hmm. to pay homage to Grover and all the hard work that he's put into it, they agreed to put on the show with him, you know, once a year when they're practicing and Grover can invite all of his friends to sing a song. So, I'm in that elite little club <laughs> where I've gone 3 or 4 times now and sang and it's amazing every time. And I remember the first time I did it to get up on stage and I made myself take a take a breath, take a moment, look to my side Look behind me. That's them. We're doing this and then it was amazing. I did Bikeage. That was my first song. And really. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Great. And just everybody's into it. You know, everybody's there for the same reason, supporting friends, and it's fun. And I missed I missed it in 2019 cuz we were looking to buy a house. So we were saving for that and then of course, COVID this last year so they didn't do it. So, I'm hoping in the future, you know, that wasn't the last one, but we'll see.
1: They're pretty humble, but do they, do they understand your nervousness when you get up there or how special that moment is for, for you or whoever else is up there?
2: I don't know. I don't <laughs> personally, I don't know if it's as special for anybody else that gets up there as it is for me, but I feel like it is. Because most oh, of the people, be. well, I'm one of the only people that comes from so far to do it. Everybody else is there basically because they're, you know, Grover's friends, but I'm, I'm from out of the area and it's, you know, big deal for me to have to get there to me. <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a big deal to other people. I know a lot of people are nervous <laughs> it about is. it, as you can see, like, you know, from Brandon's performance but it's um uh, it's really really neat every time
1: you turn around and you look at bill i mean they have to like know like this this fucking dude is not going to make it like they have to almost wonder like yep this is the guy he's going to fuck it up he's too nervous i know i know you know, I it, know it has to be fun for for that reason you know for them but yeah that is really cool well, i didn't I'm... know that i i i saw that video of brandon but i didn't realize this was a thing like and often, you know, I didn't realize it happened.
2: Yeah, it was going on once a year. Yeah, for the last few years. That's but, cool. Yeah, it is very cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think they get it either. I mean, I, I don't know how, how would you explain that to them? I don't know who you know their favorite musicians are. I mean, it's like being on stage with the Beatles or something like that. You know, if I was a huge Beatles fan, that but they are my Beatles. <laughs>
1: Bill has to know how special he is alone. I mean, his history, black flag, you know what I mean? I mean, he has to know how beloved that band is and how legendary they are. And the descendants, to me, the descendants, it's not even close, but the descendants are that legendary too. They they have to see that.
2: I hope so. I tried to make sure that that they do. (laughs) I cornered Carl (laughs) last time and, you know, shook his hand and thank you. And like, you know, this all means so much to me every time. I'm a big fan of paying it forward and showing gratitude to people that make a difference and that mean something to me. And I will go out of my way to tell you that I think you're doing a great job. If you, if I see that you are, and I am thinking of it at the time. So in order yeah. to, you know, to be able to say that to him face to face, it's makes me feel good. I don't know how he felt about it. <laughs> it's the, I feel like <laughs> it's the kind of thing that he hears all the time, but I don't know that, you know, I would imagine that, you
1: know, people gotta be throwing that at him constantly. Yeah. But
2: where is the point where you get tired of hearing that though? I, I, oh, I, I don't I, think I it ever happens. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but if you've heard it so many times where you're just like, ah, well, thanks. Like, the, I mean, that's not what he said. He, he wasn't that, you know, shruggish about yeah, yeah, it, but yeah. just, uh, It's got to come to that point eventually. Like, I imagine that's happened, you know, with the Rolling Stones or whatever. You know, somebody's told them that they're great so many times that they're tired of hearing it.
1: Yeah, but you know that, you know, all those guys are not, like, the Rolling Stones. They don't, the egos aren't (laughs) like that. No, no. They're normal guys, you know. Like, Milo was on the show, and he was totally cool. Like, I remember when I got hooked up with that, um, it was like, you know, I went through the, I, their manager, I guess. And um, when I got that, I got an email from Milo and it was like mind-blowing. You know? <laughs> yeah. And we he set everything up himself. It was like directly dealt with him and talked to him and he was completely normal. Like everything was cool. That's awesome. And it's like, wow, this guy's totally normal, but he's totally not normal. Yeah, but, you know, but that's fucking, Milo. Yeah.
2: I named my firstborn son after that guy. <laughs>
1: yeah i mean he's the fucking legend
2: yeah yeah i remember when we saw them in san francisco that first time i was you know on the lookout for any member of the band that i could see and he walked through the crowd and that's fucking him right there he's walking towards me stepped on my foot greatest experience of my life (laughs) that's touched greatness
0: that Cudwapper just stepped on my foot let's kick his ass off we're
1: seniors. Yeah, I had um, I ate pizza next to Bill <laughs> when he was here. He, he was at the uh, and I don't remember who he was with. I want to say it was a. It might have been Chad. I have no idea who he was with. You know, because at the time I didn't I didn't know. But Bill Bill stands out a little bit. You know. Yeah, you can tell and, that's uh, Bill. Yeah. We it was it's right across the street from the venue and basically went in got pizza you know it's like by the slice kind of place mm-hmm. went and sat by him and we actually fuck I'm a, I'm an asshole but yeah we bugged him about you know playing yeah. <laughs> we wanted to play we still wanted to get on that bill and it was like <laughs> you know we were, we we showed some desperation there but yeah it was like sitting there eating like shaking like holy fuck it's Bill
2: yeah right next he's to us, right here. there yeah. I- <laughs> I get like that a lot, like just, you know, I realize everybody is a regular person. Like I've had, uh, I don't know, three, three times that I've met Bill Murray and every time that I talk to him, he's just a normal guy. And he,
1: he, he will know <laughs> he's not well, he, <laughs>
2: Bill Murray. I dude. know. Right. Yeah. But he is still, I mean, I always make sure to not, you know, not fanboy and freak out. And I always, Play it cool and wait for him to say something to me first and he does and then you know then we have a conversation but uh, yeah really really cool guy and uh yeah it's celebrity like that is is weird because it is you know it's bill murray but it's you know it's also just bill murray it's a guy there you know <laughs> see i've never met
1: anybody f- like famous like that so i don't know how i would be I, you know, I mean, I meet, I meet like my heroes and shit, like, you know, over, over Skype, I meet Milo, (laughs) you know what I mean? And that's, to me, that's like, I get a little starstruck there, but that's because these aren't just famous people to me. These are guys that have written, you know, the soundtrack to, you know, my life in a way. It's personal. You know
2: them, but they don't know
1: you. It's, (laughs) I don't, I don't hold them like up, like. Some people do, but I just, I look at them in a special way, but somebody like Bill Murray, I think it'd be cool to meet, but I don't, I don't know how I would be.
2: Yeah. Well, you got to play it cool. Otherwise he won't be cool.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I saw him blow up on some
2: people too. So you got to play it cool.
1: Yeah. Like I'm pretty, I don't think like I've, I'm not an autograph guy. Like I don't. I don't know, I think I met Paul Westerberg once, I got his autograph, you know, but it was like one of those after the show, like, got in line kind of thing, and it was really weird, I didn't want to do it, Yeah. but at the same time, it was like, it's fucking Paul Westerberg, you know, and, uh, yeah, but that was really kind of uncomfortable for me, because it wasn't like (laughs) I was talking to him, it was like, can you sign this kind of thing, yeah. um, I've had
2: a couple of interactions like that, like, you know, Comic-Con type things, you know, comic book shows or things like that, uh, like with Bruce Campbell. Like this oh, whole, nice. yeah, whole build up to there's Bruce Campbell. He's sitting right there. I'm getting closer in line, closer in line. And by the time I get up to the front, like, you know, my hands are just clammy and sweaty and I can't talk <laughs> and, you know, get up there. And he's like, he's talking to me, but I'm like, uh huh yeah, you know, just one word answers. And <laughs> like, you want me to sign something? Okay. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I'm in a band. We wrote a song about Evil Dead. Oh, you're a musician, <laughs> huh? Uh, kind of, not really, but try to be. Yeah, a, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I try occasionally.
1: So, you when like, how did he react to the song thing? Was he oh, like interested? Sound yeah,
2: he well, that was like before they did the remake of Evil Dead and that came out. So, I was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna get this song in there, he's gonna hear it, it's gonna be the one we're gonna re record it, and it's gonna be the hit of the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> so, I had never mm, heard back nope. yet. <laughs> I gave him a, a physical copy of just that song on CD, and I, I, yeah, I have no proof that he ever listened to it.
1: Like we were talking about that before, I'm I'm always curious to to know what people think. Yeah, and uh, you know, I did the Jagger Holly, the uh, Brie Olson thing yeah. for the Christmas episode, and I was like, uh, I don't know if you know that song, mm-hmm. but um, it, it's it's flattering and kind of not in the same sense, you know. Right. So I didn't I didn't want to just like. Hey, you gotta check out the song they wrote about you. Right? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's not something that you would do, but it, it, at the same time, it it is kind of flattering, I guess.
2: Well, like our song Christina Ricci, I that was the yeah. first song I ever wrote, and <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I was standing over a manhole. Somebody was down in the manhole at work. And I was up <laughs> top being hole watch, and I had nothing to do, so I was like, oh, I'll just write a song. So that's what came out of my head.
1: And so, what what's your favorite? movie that she um,
2: did? I mentioned them in the song. Um, I really like Buffalo 66. I think that's amazing. Okay. That is such a good movie. And I found out later that she's only 17 in that movie and that makes me feel bad. There is uh, a movie <laughs> Pumpkin also which is mentioned in the song and that one's really good too. See, I don't know that movie. It's worth watching. It's it's kind of quirky and different but it's it's good. She's good in that movie but i heard that she heard the song through somebody on myspace that was one of her friends supposedly so i don't know if that's true or not i actually missed the chance to meet her at a comic-con thing here in the bay area um last no two years ago i missed it by a day i didn't know it was happening and then i saw the thing afterwards and i was like damn it that i would have known what to say if i did meet her you know what would you say i wrote this song about you it it talks about your boobs at one point i'm looking at you right now i hope this isn't uncomfortable for you
1: (laughs) yeah um my favorite movie she was in was actually uh really weird it was mermaids really but not because of her of course it was a winona rider right right i haven't seen
2: that for so long Um, i know
1: i know the movie yeah it's it's pretty good dude Jake Ryan's even in it, Jake Ryan from Sixteen oh, really? Candles, you know? I don't remember that.
0: Jake Ryan, he's a senior and he's taken, I mean, really taken.
1: Um, yeah, but no, um, yeah, that's cool. That's cool that, you you know, she heard it, maybe. Yeah, maybe, you know? I don't
2: know. Yeah, yeah, I wrote it. You know, I wasn't trying to be too creepy when I... I the inspiration to that was that Travolta <laughs> song, you know, uh, Liv, Cam, uh, Liv Tyler.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I was listening okay.
2: to that and I was like, well, I, I like girl songs. You know, that's what I wanted to write oh, about. Yeah. I, you know, if you're, if I was hungry, I would write about food. That's the old joke. But yeah, so I wrote songs about girls and it, it was, that was something that was an inspiration, but I was like, uh, that's a little over the top. Like, I don't want to be, you know, like I want to marry <laughs> you cause I don't feel like that. You know, I, what could I say about her? That's flattering, you know, and something that would be nice well, I think she's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how that happened.
1: When I see an album, you know, when I see the track list and I see a famous person on there, yeah. I I tend to like skip to that one. Yeah, I, that's, those are quickly, usually some of know? my
2: favorites. Yeah, just because there's that, you know, the pop culture kind of thing tied in with it. That's yeah, a great song, man. Oh, thank you. So I know that was one of people's favorites. <laughs> the guys in the band. They didn't like to play that one so much sometimes, but it was always huh. on the set list because everybody wanted to hear it. I liked it. Yeah. So
1: before we started recording, me and you were kind of shooting the shit, and you mentioned that you toured with, uh, back in the day, of course, Johnny 3. Yeah. And Prozax. Yeah. And D
2: Cracks. Yeah, D Cracks. Back in 2009, we did an East Coast tour. It was, um, we did Insubordination Fest and then went out from there. Uh, we flew out and <laughs> tried to rent a van, and that was just a hassle to get a van and get everybody in the van and try to drive around from place to place. It was hard enough to book the shows. I had to, I gave up booking them on my own, and then I think I got in with Jay Prozac, and he set up the rest of the tour because they already had it booked. And he's like, "You can jump on these dates." So awesome! Thanks. That's so much easier. So we did that. Yeah. Thank you, Jay. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Jay's a good guy.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, he was super nice while we were there. And, yeah, I hadn't heard d Cracks before. We got to meet them and hang out with them. They were cool. And Johnny 3 was cool. And it was fun.
1: That's really awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, for me, that's like a total nerd out kind of show, Looking back,
2: you know? yeah, now if you, <laughs> if you saw that show now, that would be something. Back then, nobody cared, it felt like.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. So... <laughs> There's a certain group, you know, there's a certain, a small group of us that would have thought that was cool back then and still would, you know? Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, they didn't live in the area at the time, though.
1: <laughs> that was all, that's got to be East Coast you did, though. Yeah, right? that was
2: all East Coast. We went from uh, Baltimore up to New York, and I think we did Rhode Island. We, I think there was like eight or nine states we passed through.
1: So how do you, between here and there, between you and there, I should say, <laughs> I mean, are you touring? Are you playing shows, or is it just long drive?
2: From where? What do you mean? Cali- California. Oh, we flew to, out. We flew out to know. Baltimore oh, for Insubfest fl- and did that. Oh. And okay, then we okay. rented the van from there and went on tour and used you know the drum sets and stuff that other, other yeah bands. Yeah, okay. We brought our guitars and cymbals, I think, and a snare maybe. I don't remember exactly, but yeah, we all hmm. crammed in a minivan and drove around. <laughs> before iphones we had actually we had uh our guitar players they both had iphones at the time so we we're following the first you know google maps basically and didn't know how it worked and trying to find our way around yeah i remember there we we weren't sleeping i wasn't sleeping much because i you know we'd get out of the show late and then get we would have to get a hotel and then you know check out times 10 a.m or whatever so you know get a few hours of sleep at least per night but i remember one time we got in the van and started driving we're i think in pennsylvania drove down the freeway and i was so sleepy and i started nodding off my eyes started closing oh, no. and adam was watching my eyes in the rearview mirror and he's like eric <laughs> so i popped awake you know again like, oh thanks man so i was good for the rest of it but that was rough
1: been there dude <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> All right, man. Well, um, I won't keep you any longer. I'll let you. Probably got to get up early these days, huh? Well, kids, kids,
2: school, yeah, online school. I got to get that all going and set up for them. That's a joy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I bet it is. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, my my wife stays home with the three kids, you know. Oh, nice. So, I I get to uh, I get to go to work, you know. I say it like it's like it's a fucking vacation, but yeah. Um. Yeah, I get a little bit of a break from them, I guess. Yeah. So,
2: (laughs) I mean, I like being around them. That's not the case. Just, oh yeah. You know, if I'm at work, I wish I was here. But if I'm here, there's a lot of yelling, and I don't think about that when I'm at work. (laughs) 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 Yeah, there's a lot of noise just constantly, and I, I was an only child. You know, I didn't, you know, wasn't brought up around noise like that. So, it's been uh, something to get used to for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, all right, man. Well, I won't keep you
2: All right. It's been good talking to you. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Come back sometime, maybe? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Whenever you'll have me. Well, um,
1: take care and we will uh we'll see you later. All right.
2: Sounds good. Thanks for having me.
1: She broke my dick. All right, there we go. Such a weird thing. Like we were we were off the whole time and we both picked uh picked the number one. We both picked Pummel, which is just a classic fucking album. And uh yeah, a lot of fun. I know Eric, Eric's got like an army of kids. So, um, thanks dude for, uh, you know, taking, taking some time out that night and hanging out and, um, you got an open invite to come back pretty much anytime you want. Just hit me up. And, uh, yeah, next week, next week's 138. Um, I've got a special guest who's, uh, who's one of my favorite guests and we're going to be talking about, um, that band, uh, you know what it is. So we'll see you guys then. Uh, stay safe. See ya.